really bad, son. I choose you. Say my name so my powers will become yours. I'd like to purchase some of your finest beer, please. A lair. Yes. If you have a location, like on a cliff, like a castle-esque type thing. Overlooking some water. Overlooking some water. Splashing on rocks and stuff, then we will take that. Experience it in IMAX. Episode 278. Joker here, the clown prince of crime. And you're listening to my least favorite podcast, Pop Culture Leftovers. <laughs> Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. And uh, yes, uh, this week uh, we are going to be talking about Shazam, the movie that just came out. And at the end of the podcast, we are going to discuss the Warner Brothers panel at CinemaCon and the footage that was shown for Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman 84, as well as the new Joker trailer that was released to uh, all the general public. So stick around for that. But uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about Shazam. We are not alone. We are joined by Rebecca. Rebecca, you're back. I'm back. Thanks for having me. And Steve Miller from the Space Cowboy Podcast. Welcome, Steve. <laughs> it's super good to be back. I'm really happy to be here. Always enjoy recording with you guys. Awesome. And uh, yeah, uh, we've got uh, one thing that we're going to be talking about here for the majority of the episode, and it's going to be Shazam. Uh, we all have a superhero inside of us. That sounds dirty. It takes just a bit of magic to bring it out. In Billy Batson's case, by shouting out one word, Shazam, this streetwise 14-year-old foster kid can turn into the adult superhero, Shazam. Uh, this one's directed by David F. Sandberg. Uh, he's best known as a horror director. Uh, he made a movie called Lights Out. He also did um, uh, Annabelle Creation, which is, uh, I believe, the prequel to the prequel uh, in the <laughs> Annabelle universe. And it's the superior Annabelle movie. Um, I also found out Sam Raimi had expressed interest in directing this film at one time, which was, oh, I did wow. not know that. Um, uh, this movie is uh, written by Henry Gaden. He also wrote the screenplay for Earth to Echo, which I thought was a pretty forgettable movie when I saw that one. I, I don't know. I don't, I've seen it, but I, I can't recall anything about it. Yeah, it was just like, like a tiny little charming kids movie, right? Yeah, I, I saw it, and I, I remember liking it enough, but I can't remember anything about it. There was so much hype at the movie theater I worked at for that movie when it was coming out, and then it came out and nobody gave a shit about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of hype leading into that movie, I remember. Uh, this movie stars Zachary Levi as uh, Shazam, uh, Michelle Borth as uh, Mary Shazam, uh, Jaiman Hansud as the wizard. Um, Mark Strong, uh, our villain here is Doc- Dr. Uh, Savannah, Thaddeus Savannah. I found out that um, he was never, I guess he was never like considered here, but fan casting for Dr. Savannah 
was Jackie Earl Haley from uh, Rorschach, from you know the the Watchmen. Yeah, I, that makes sense. I could see that. What's interesting about that is Jackie Earl Haley does have a Shazam connection, and I know this because I've been watching the old Shazam series from like the from 1974. He was a child actor in the twelfth episode of the series. Oh wow, <laughs> that's <laughs> wild. Yeah. He, oh man, that is so cool. <laughs> he like uh, the the episode takes place at like a, a summer camp, and he's one of the campers, and he's kind of like an outsider and. Kind of like uh, kind of like a bad boy, and gets into some trouble, and you know learns a valuable lesson from Captain Marvel in that uh, Shazam episode. So, yes, I did. I called him Captain Marvel because I've been watching back then. They, I'm going to get into that whole thing too about the whole names thing. Yeah, but um, Jack Dylan Grazer as Freddie Freeman, uh, Asher Angel as Billy Batson, uh, Marta Milans as Rosa Vasquez, Megan Good as uh, Darley. Dudley, um, let's see here. Grace Fulton as Mary Bromfield. John Glover. John Glover um, plays uh, Dr. Savannah's father, and he was Lionel Luther on Smallville. I was so happy to see him in this movie. Yeah, I got excited mm-hmm. to see him, too. I've loved this guy since Gremlins 2, and he was Clamp. Oh, he was great <laughs> as Clamp in Gremlins 2. I thought that, that was a fun performance by him in that movie. Um, very over the top. But yeah. I, can I say one thing before you really jump? I thought that they uh, – don't you think like they could have de-aged him a little bit for like the scene in 1974? I'm supposed to believe <laughs> – Yes. That, well, yes. <laughs> right? He yeah. looked exactly the same. Didn't he? Yeah, Just, every, like, that's, everybody aged 20 years. He aged a week. Like Exactly. We're talking about like <laughs> – he looked younger than his son, like sitting next to him. <laughs> he did. Well, it's fucked. Well, this is forty-five years later that we're seeing him, and he looks like, like what the fuck? Like what kind of like? Did he find like the what, Ponce de Leon and the Fountain of Youth? Like what the hell? I was. It was really bizarre. So I guess like I guess you know, like, no no like the thing is like the only change that they gave him is like now he's in a wheelchair. Like they like we're supposed to like like we're just supposed to see that he's in a wheelchair now and know that time has passed because he's in a wheelchair? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, super it's old. wild. <laughs> you know what's weird is he, he was also uh, in another uh, DC movie. He was in Batman and Robin. Was he? Who did he play in Batman and Robin? He played Dr. Jason Woodrow. S- he had a small role. Very, very small, but I do that. That's the one, of course, with uh, Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, he he's in that movie too. So um, that big standout yeah. for you, his uh, role as Doctor Woodrow. I just remember seeing him in that movie. Is all I'm saying. You were just, that's all I'm. You saying. said no. It sounds like you're a big fan of his uh, performance as Doctor Woodrow in that movie. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a fan of the actor, and so I remember a lot of his role. It was it was is is. Rebecca had to search very hard on eBay to find that uh, vintage Dr. Woodrow poster from the... Uh... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure at one point she thought it just didn't even really exist. <laughs> she was like... I'm, she, she threw her hands up at one point, Jake. She's like, I give up. Well, oh, ye a little faith. I'm I never, never gonna... give up on looking, and, finding my stuff that I'm looking for. And you come to find <laughs> out, like, somewhere like, uh, you know, like in uh, Singapore, they printed a Dr. Woodrow poster. They sure did. Yeah. And they bought it for a very reasonable price. 
I can't, I can't believe that it wasn't going for big dollars on eBay. Shockingly, it was not. I, I couldn't believe it. The old Dr. Woodrow poster. Uh, I know. Cooper and, hey, Steve, Cooper Andrews plays Victor Vasquez. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, Rogue One or Star Wars, right? Rogue One? Or, no. Fuck. Jerry on The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Fuck. I was like, God damn it. Where do I know him from? <laughs> like, I, would, I was like, I swear it's from Star Wars. I was even sitting there telling my girlfriend that. I'm like, where do I know him from? And she couldn't get it either. And she watches The Walking Dead, too. He's Jerry. He's uh, Ezekiel's right hand man. And like what, what I was so happy to see him. In this movie, because I, 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 he's just a charming guy on The Walking Dead in a show that can be very bleak, you know, like mm-hmm. he brings like this, I don't know, this little bit of levity to that show and, and, and humor that I that I love. So, you know, he's one of my favorite actors on that show. So it was, I was so happy to see him in this movie and you didn't even recognize him. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I, in, in the recent months, I've seen a lot of faces and I get yeah. Wishy-washy. <laughs> Some of the faces we've seen on stakes and poles. Um, let's see here. Uh, Shazam has a runtime of 132 minutes and an estimated budget of between 80 to $100 million. Did you guys – I'll be honest with you. I haven't even looked at the Rotten Tomatoes score for Shazam. Did you guys look it up yet? Last I saw, which was yesterday, it was at a 92. Really? I think it's 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 up there. It's in the nineties. I think ninety one. Oh wow! Ninety one. Yeah, it's, it's up there. Wow. Okay. All right. So we're gonna go ahead and rate Shazam. If this is your first time listening, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. So, yeah, we'll have you rated. I'm actually going to start with Steve. What would you think about Shazam? Um, okay, so it's a it's a fun movie. It's a it's a lighthearted fun movie. I was um, I being I I don't want to go down this road, but I'm I'm I, I've I like the darker tone of the DC movies that they've had, and I feel like it it managed to keep that while being more lighthearted. Like it didn't like the, like the DCU is obviously getting a facelift, but it's not. It's still somewhat recognizable. So I, I did appreciate that that they didn't completely abandon like the stylizing that they had previously um i i i liked the movie all the way through it was funny it had it had a lot of moments that were really funny um some that just kind of weren't um but i think my biggest issue i had with it was mark strong started off strong and then he just kind of fell flat for me like halfway through it and it i don't know he uh, yeah like i like him a lot as an actor but i feel like i've seen him play the same villain too much and then after a while it was just him walking with those sunglasses on and just like there was like that moment in the store where it's like where he's like get him batman and it like he i really felt like i was like i'm like watching the terminator here but i did like the movie but i'm just gonna give it a taste it um 
just because of that whole that that villain thing like that that was a real important part for me for any movie is like if you're gonna have a villain it's got to be a good villain and with the fact that it kind of fell flat for me is sort of two-thirds of the way into it it made the movie feel a little too long and that's why i'm giving it a high taste or a a taste it sorry (laughs) okay um so taste it from steve i'm I'm you know i'm gonna jump in at this point and uh just give my rating uh I thought Mark Strong was pretty fantastic. I thought that the character was set up very well, and I thought it's one of the better villains that we've seen in the DCEU or whatever you want to call it. The character's motivations make sense to me in this movie because at the beginning of the movie, you see like you know how the wizard basically summoning him and then rejecting him and then basically just kind of like throws him back into the world and expecting him to just function now. Right. And it just ruins everything. Like now his, his father is in a wheelchair and all this. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. So I can, I can understand his motivations and everything like that. I thought that, um, the humor was really funny. Um, I thought that they did a great job of like, yeah, okay, it's it's like uh it's like big the movie with Tom Hanks but like with a superhero, you know, feel they even leaned into it to the point where we saw the actual like, you know, the piano that he's dancing mm-hmm. on. Like they leaned into that joke a little bit. And you know, I think that this is a great superhero for kids to like look up to. Like I think kids are going to be on the playgrounds yelling Shazam and running around and pretending to fly after seeing this movie. They made Zachary Levi funny and cool in a way that I, I thought was funny and cool. And, he, and I thought I felt like the, the, the transition between like Asher Angel and Zachary Levi acting as Billy Batson and Shazam was pretty seamless. And I bought when Zachary Levi sitting on the steps in Philadelphia, like the Rocky steps there and he's talking to Freddie Freeman. Like it felt like two kids talking with one another. And so like that, he sold me on that. And, um, David F. Sandberg, David F. Sandberg being a horror director and then introducing like the seven deadly sins was brilliant. Like I thought it was great. And they look scary. That first scene of Mark strong throwing that motherfucker out of the window. I was just like, Holy shit. We're in for a movie. Cause like I'm watching it in IMAX and I'm just blown away that he literally just picked his brother up and threw him out the window. Like what the fuck? I, 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 I want to see this guy do more stuff now. Like, I was thinking, like, oh, my God, if this guy could do a Killer Clowns from Outer Space reboot. And I know sci-fi is doing a show. But, like, if he could do a movie about the Killer Clowns, I would be there, like, day one to watch that. Uh, I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I had a blast in this movie. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And I, I, I loved it. I had so much fun. I've seen it three times, saw it. The first time in IMAX, the second time in 3D, and then went back again today and saw it in IMAX and had a blast. My audience had a blast. Um, I, I think that this, as far as like, you know, like you had your, you had uh, Wonder Woman, which like was a, a movie about love, like the theme was love, and, and then you have this movie, which the theme was was family, and I think that that they got that across really well, and I guess. I don't know. I don't want to leave Aquaman out. The theme was marine life, I suppose. I don't know what the fuck they were going for. But anyway, I love this movie. I thought it was a Tupperware. Uh, Rebecca, what did you think? Okay. 
Yeah, I um, definitely I had written down in my notes. This is if if Big was a superhero movie, this would be it uh, for sure. I agree with you 100 percent on that. And yeah, we definitely get that uh, p- uh, that uh, piano scene. Um, I thought this movie was a whole lot of fun. I thought it was all the jokes worked for me overall. I thought that the humor for me was was really good. Um I thought the soundtrack was really good. Zachary Levi, I thought, convinced me as a, to, he was a 14-year-old kid. Um, and I, I really appreciated, I enjoyed the way that him and Billy, like how, how Billy used the powers of Shazam to switch back and forth a lot, like to use it to get in and out of situations. Um, I thought that was really cool. Um, I thought all the child actors were, were really great in this. Um, I guess, like, if I have to pick something that I, I thought was not great was um, I did kind of feel like when when Billy became Shazam, he kind of acted more like Freddy than Billy um, as being Shazam. Um, and, yeah, like that scene you're talking about with the seven deadly sins and how when when Dr. Savannah, like throws his brother out the window um like we as the audience saw that but i feel like after that we didn't really see uh anything that would have convinced billy and the kids that like this guy is like super dangerous like he's gonna kill people um and there's certainly like no blood there's no gore in this movie i think it's a really fun kids movie and i think it's really fun like teenagery movie um I have some more nitpicks that we'll talk about when we get further in, but I'm going to give this a high taste. I had a lot of fun with this movie, um, and I think I think absolutely this is a movie to bring your kids to and let your teenagers go see. I, it's high tasted. That's my rating. I got a question for you. I, I, could, you could you give me an example of when Billy as Shazam was acting more like Freddy? So, like, when he gets his powers, when he becomes Shazam, um, and he and, and he's like, oh, my God, this is so cool, and maybe I can fly, and blah, blah, blah. Because up until that point, we had seen Billy be, like, really dismissive of, like, comic stuff. He was like, oh, I don't really get this. And, like, even when, even when Freddy's asking him, like, oh, what superpower would you pick, flight or invisibility? And he's just, he like thinks it's the dumbest question in the world. And he gives him that line later on, like, oh, flight so I could fly away from this dumb conversation. Like he makes it clear that he doesn't care one bit for anything comic book superhero stuff. And then when he becomes the superhero, he like leans into it so much. It's really more to me. I took it like that's how Freddie would have really reacted I, if yeah, he became uh, Shazam. I'm sorry. I got to disagree with you here. I think like once you get those powers, it opens up a whole new kind of like uh, world for you. And like the excitement level is something that he wants to share with Freddie. Like Freddie's the first one that he goes to because he knows like he knows about this superhero stuff. Like it's one thing to be dismissive about this stuff when you've got other things that you're worried about as far as like tracking down your mother and all these other things. But like once you get those powers, I don't care who you are. I mean, if you're a 14 year old kid and you get the power of like, you know, I, I don't know. You you able to say the words Shazam and you have super strength and you have all this stuff like you're going to be excited. I, uh, I, 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 I can't I, I can't agree with you there. I just can't. Okay. Yeah. He, he still does very 
Billy like things when he first turns to Shazam, right? He's very into superheroes, but he's still like in it for what can he get himself out of it at first. Exactly. Yeah, he's using it as a way to what's that snapping noise? I don't know. I don't know. I wish it would yeah, not. I wish it would I mean, stop. Um, um, <laughs> I, don't I, I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, Jake, what did you think, man? Um, yeah, man, I actually absolutely adored this movie. Um, it's an easy Tupperware for me. I never even had to question it when it was over. I had so much fucking fun in this movie. Um, easily my favorite DCEU movie. And for me, I, I think I'm just to go to the um, Dr. Silvana thing. Uh, to me, that was one of the brightest spots of the movie that really worked because I, that's such a tough line is the jokes were funny. It was a charming movie. The kids were great. The emotions hit. But then to also have a villain that came across as threatening and scary to the main characters, that's it, a tough line. I, I think Marvel struggled with that in a lot of their early movies. And I thought they actually nailed that really well here. Um, you know, and as far as the first time Silvana confronts um, Shazam, I mean, he, I, the kind of the whole point of it is that he doesn't see him as a threat. And he's just like, whatever, I'm Shazam and I can do whatever. You know, it's yeah. his arrogance is what brings him into that first fight. And then getting his butt whooped is what creates the threat. That's how he knows. You don't need blood and guts all over the place to kind of bring that point across, in my opinion. And yeah, I thought the horror director Deadly Sin stuff was was really amazing. I was kind of blown away by how good the villain in this movie was. That was mm-hmm. not something that I was signing up for with my excitement going into this film already. So, wow, that was really crazy to me. But yeah, I thought all the actors were really great and I was just on the edge of my seat this whole movie with all different kinds of emotions. Um I don't think the movie tries to hide from you um, what Billy's mother did, even though they don't like straight out right tell you. And I mean, ooh, I just felt so terrible for the kid. You kind of knew the situation he was getting himself into, and just those kind of themes you don't see in too many superhero movies, especially you know the last few DC movies. And man, I fucking love this thing. <laughs> All right, so we've got uh, two Tupperwares, um, uh, high taste it and a, a, a taste it. So. Um, yeah, we're kind of all over the place. Nobody seems to outright hate this movie, but you guys did have some nitpicks with it. Uh, I do want to unpack it a little bit more. Um, but first thing, I kind of like want to jump into something here real quick. Um, I guess like I was what I'm Jake, you know, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Everything you're saying about Mark Strong. And I love Mark Strong, the actor. I think Mark Strong was like probably the best part of the Green Lantern movie where he played Sinestro. But, uh, I mean, I think Mark Strong, every performance he's ever given, he's, he's, you know, he's given it as all, I think what, okay. And I'm, I'm, we're skipping all around. This is like spoilerific, but we could, what's awesome about this villain too, is they didn't kill him. And I think they're setting him up to be a future villain again with Mr. Mind. Yeah, definitely. I mean, honestly, when I'm watching this movie and they show, like, Mr. Mine in the, you know, in the glass bottle, I'm like, okay, just an Easter egg. That's cute, right? 
And mm-hmm. that's all I was thinking. It's like it's going to be just a cute little Easter egg of Mr. Mind. And then like later on when they go back into the Rock of Eternity and after the wizard and the, the seven deadly sins have escaped and then you see that uh, bottle again and Mr. Mind is gone. And I'm like, okay, all right, just another – they're not doing anything with this. There's no way in hell that they're going to go the James Gunn route and give us like a Howard the Duck scene or a Cosmo the Dog scene. But they did, and they took it even further. David S. Sandberg actually voiced Mr. Mind in the post credit scene. Like he was the voice of, the, of Mr. Mind. And I – Jake, what's brilliant, like, it's awesome. Like, we see, like, this little worm, and he's talking about, like, there's other ways to access magic. Uh, you know, like, we're going we're gonna to domin- rule the seven realms. And we could get, in, an, in a future film, Mark Strong coming back as the villain after Mr. Mind burrows in his ear and takes him over. Right? Yeah. Easily, and I, and I think Mark Strong could handle playing a, a completely different performance than in this movie as you know, Mister Mind. Oh my God, I was so I thought that I couldn't believe it. I I really couldn't believe it upon first watch because like it's not like I've sat around it. I've read like a ton of like Captain Marvel slash Shazam comics, um, but I'm very I'm familiar with Mister Mind. I'm familiar with like you know kind of like Shazam's like limited Rogues Gallery when 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 the character was out you know like it really was just kind of like him versus this caterpillar for a long time right yeah i actually did have to google it i, I followed it in the movie like i, I saw the you know they yeah. obviously focused on the escape from you know the caverns but i had to google to find out about the character they, after the movie well they did it really quick like in the in the well in the movie they did it really quick in the comic book like he's introduced into like uh, as a voice and like nobody knows where the voice is coming from and then it's like three four five issues later it's revealed to be like this <laughs> this uh um caterpillar with like this like fm radio strapped around his you know body and then he's able to talk through like this microphone or whatever and so like at the end of the movie like when we're watching the post credit scene and we hear that like that voice i'm like holy shit no fucking way <laughs> And I couldn't believe that they're doing. I can't believe it. It's so much fun. Oh my gosh! I thought that that was cool. So, and and they didn't waste the villain of uh, you know that Mark Strong played. Like he could come back and learn access magic in different ways now. Yeah, I, I you know it's so, so easy in these comic book movies to you know biff the villain off at the end of it. It's kind of what happens in almost all of them these days. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Like I guess like in the. I haven't read a ton of like Mr. Mind stuff, but I think in in his final form, because it takes him like years and years and years and years to like go into like you know like caterpillars go into like larva stage and I don't know what what pupus is that a stage I don't know these sounds these sound like words that make sense I don't know but like in in his. (laughs) (laughs) I don't I don't know I'd have to do some Google on that. Yeah, Google that one, but. It sounds like in his final form, he's like a 50-foot-long caterpillar that can, uh, like, when he... You know how caterpillars, like, eat, like, shit? Like, this this caterpillar, like, can eat the multiverse. Is that what we saw in this movie? Do you know that part where I'm talking about where, like... Because I was confused about that. They're in the Rock of the Eternity where, you know, the wizard hangs out at. 
and the kids are in there and they're opening all the different doors and we had like the doors of like the alligators there playing poker or something and like that fucking plant monster or whatever was attacking Pedro. Like, were those doors the different multiverses? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, that that, that would explain it. Yeah, I don't know. I have no Did we fun. lose everyone else? No. no I mean, no, I, I was going to say, I feel like that could be a possibility. Just, uh, Steve's just talking about, just thinking about how terrible Mark Strong was and... No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I didn't. I didn't hate the movie. My girlfriend hated the movie. She was sitting there poking me. She's like, "This movie is too long." And I was like, "Dude, stop! Leave me alone!" I'm like, let me watch this. I mean, I, I, I liked the movie for for what it had to offer. It was just like I said, the 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 villain thing kind of took me out of it because, like, after that scene in the in the 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 boardroom where he he does all that intense killing like it really he really never gets that intense ever again and that kind of i I guess that kind of soured him for me a little bit and it may not have been intentional but i mean i could give the movie a second watch for sure and maybe it'll end up differently for me hard to get more intense than killing your father and your brother (laughs) Tough, tough act to follow yeah, that's that that's fair. That is fair. I felt like all of the destruction that he was going to do to like maybe people was going to happen after he, you know, after he kept saying like I need the I need the power from the champion, like that that talking about Shazam's power. And uh we kind of saw like, you know, that uh like well, once he got that power, he, he might have been able to do just that because we saw what happened like the wizard showed us in that animation what happened when he gave out the, you know, the power to the wrong, to the wrong person. And then that person released the seven deadly sins and then killed millions of people. Um, so I don't know. I mean, yeah, what, what was, uh, I, I don't know. It's, but uh, yeah, whatever. I think, I think the seven deadly sins would have just ended up once they killed, if the seven deadly sins would have gotten the power from Shazam, they would have just ended up killing Savannah anyway. Right. Yes. Oh they yeah. Were just for sure. Using him for sure. Yeah. So I don't know. One, th- one thing that I, w- that I really liked about this movie and I'm going to get your guys' thoughts on it. Is just like I know, like you've got the movie, you got your you got your hero, and you got your hero doing the heroic things, and you got this, and you got that, and whatever. But one part that I really liked about it is the is like the the downtimes in some of these movies, like these superhero movies. Like sometimes we're like, oh, this sucks. Like uh, it's slow. Blah 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 blah. The downtimes in these movies I really enjoyed because it's like taking us to places that are either just uh, fun and interesting or places that we're familiar with, like a like a uh, like a high school or a grade school. Um, and then I and I also just really liked being in their home, their foster home, and getting to know these kids. I always thought it was kind of just fun watching these kids interact with one another within the foster home. Like our first introduction to these kids, I like, I like Mary on the phone with the colleges and stuff like that. And like getting to know these kids, I thought Darla, the little girl was just so adorable. I just thought she was the cutest little girl ever. Yeah. I love the foster parents. I thought were even fun characters, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I liked how they were decent, good hearted people. I thought the story was interesting that they themselves were foster kids. And yeah, yeah, I, I thought they were all really just such likable characters. 
Yeah, I um, I I liked all the foster kids, and I also enjoyed uh, like the whole setup really of how the parents were both. You know, foster kids when they were younger and then they get married and then they decide to, like, have their own foster home and, like, bring kids in who who need a home. I I thought that was a great setup. I thought all the kids were great. Um, And Darla was just adorable. I mean, all those teeth jammed in her mouth. She was just so cute. Like, uh, when when she was trying to keep the secret and she's eating at dinner – and and uh, and the mom is like, why are you so quiet? She's like, I'm eating. Like she's otherwise will just burst to tell the secret that Billy is Shazam. Um, that was very sweet. I, I I enjoyed that as well. So yeah, we've got like this, uh, you know, the story of uh, Billy here, and we get the one of the one of the things that I, that I really liked is like the the flashback scene. You know, the flashback scene, the first one where we get. Billy and uh, his mother, and they're at the what is it? What they call that uh, um, that event? The Christmas event. It was the chill, Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Yeah. Ah. So they're at Philadelphia, <laughs> and she takes him to like this uh, carnival game, and she's trying to pop the balloons and, and get him the get him the get him the uh, the tiger. Uh, which I thought was another interesting thing because, like, in the Captain Marvel Shazam comics uh, back in the day, there was, like, a whole Shazam family, like a like a Captain Marvel family. And, like, one was, like, a rabbit. And then one was Taki Tani, which was a tiger, Taki Tiger. And uh, so, like, that tiger kept being brought up in here. It's kind of like an Easter egg. Like, even, like, the caps on his suit that strap his uh, cape in on the front of those as tigers. And like, remember mm-hmm. like later on in the movie, he tries to like, uh, that girl is with her father inside the carnival ride as the seven deadly sins are attacking. And he hands the girl a tiger to give her like courage or something like that. So, but, um, um, that scene with the mother, that first scene, the way he remembers it is completely different than like how we see it later in the movie down to, and I really appreciated this, like down to like what she was wearing. Did you guys notice that? Yeah. Oh yeah. This romanticized version of it. Yeah. As compared to like the more dour reality. She was still like wearing a red coat, but like in the, like the version that he remembered, her coat was like, it was a little nicer. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, by the time you get to like the end of the movie where we get that big reveal, like it's a, it's like a, it's got a zipper now instead of like the really nice, you know, fancy buttons and stuff like that. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I just thought it was really cool stuff like that that David S. Sandberg did to to set that apart. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I really appreciated that too, Brian. I'm glad you brought that up because it really does, it really does show like. You know, when when Billy is spending all this time, you know, searching for his mom, um, you know, of course, he he, he remembers that as a very idyllic time. And and then when he finally does meet her, um, you know, obviously, you know, the the whole truth of it really comes out of, you know, how she felt, et cetera. But, yeah, they they remember that day very differently down to the point like when he gives her that little compass key ring like it meant so much to him all these years and and she has no clue like like what what is this and she doesn't remember you know giving that to him or winning that for him and yeah um yeah it's it's a really powerful scene in 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 the movie for sure and um 
yeah, I mean, obviously, and that's like a big turning point for Billy, you know, when he really wants to or when he decides like to just kind of walk away from that fantasy of finding his mom and then embrace the people that that are that 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 do care for him and are there right there waiting for him. Can I just say, like, Jaime Hansu killed it in this role as the wizard. Oh, yeah, he was great. I mean, and you never thought about, like, his other, like, roles in other movies. Like, he, he morphed into that character. Oh, like, oh, yeah. Like, I, I was still hung up on the fact that he exists in Aquaman as the Fisherman King. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or in oh, you yeah. know, Guardians of the Galaxy or Captain Marvel. Yeah, but in the same universe, I'm like, no, no. you. It's it, it, how can you, you know forget about his role as the fisherman king <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you know it's uh <laughs> yeah uh, yeah I, I have a nitpick and then i have something good to say about it oh that's nice finally that'll be <laughs> refreshing <laughs> so one of my nitpicks that i thought was like kind of i don't know it was it just seemed kind of dumb to me is that they spent a lot of time like in him figuring out his powers, there was a lot of, uh, like, leading in towards him figuring out how to fly. And then when he did figure out how to fly, it was just, like, it just happened. Um, but, I mean, that was, like, a tiny nitpick. But the one of the... Uh, when I, wrote, when parts, I rode a bike for the first time, <laughs> I kept falling down. I kept falling down. But once I got... Once I learned how to ride that bike, Steve, and this is God's honest. Once I learned how to ride the bike, I never had to relearn it again. Like, I just, I could ride that bike. And I, I mean, that's, I mean. Yeah, true. I mean, I, I don't know. It just, it felt like he was getting, he was even progressing he, and progressing. And then, like, it finally just was just like, oh, now in this, in this moment where he needs to do it, he does it. If you're going to nitpick about anything, I would nitpick about the way that the Shazam family at the end of the movie picks up their power so quickly. Like, I felt yeah, like. Yeah, that he, was another one. That's like, if I had to nitpick something, I felt like they picked. They picked up on their powers a little too quickly. Um, and you, I guess you can make the argument that Darla was really good at the speed, naturally. You could mm-hmm. say Pedro was naturally good at the strength. Eugene was naturally good at just using the electricity. And then, of course... The Hadouken. Uh, yeah, Hadouken. That was a great moment, dude. I was dying laughing. <laughs> and then, like, later too. on, when he said fatality and he's like i got the voice like he's like that's you know that's so <laughs> oh my gosh and then when eugene when he when he used the electricity the first time and then darla goes you almost exploded me like a like a little kid would say that right like <laughs> grown-up darla slayed me i know <laughs> lots of great oh, moments she was, when she said uh when she rescued santa and she was like my name is darla and i've been really good like that was that was very sweet. Yeah. Oh gosh. I. The, oh, go ahead. The the part that killed me the most was um was when Mark Strong was giving his evil speech when they were flying in yeah, the air. That was good. And <laughs> and Zachary Levi couldn't hear him. He's like, "Wait, what? I I can't hear you." That part had me going pretty good because you see that so, in so many movies. Yeah. Where they're a mile apart but they can hear each other. Yeah. And he's like, "Dude, there's trains going on here. Like, I can't hear you, man." He's like, "Yeah, you're moving. I see your mouth moving, but oh god, I was dying." But the part that yeah, killed it's a me- great joke. I deal with people at work like that, you know, that try to talk to you when you're a mile away. Even <laughs> so stupid. The part where I was laughing so hard in this movie that it was 
embarrassing how hard I was laughing was when they were going to do the teleportation test and Freddy crosses that out and says, you know, fire test and sets him on fire in the box. (laughs) I laughed so fucking hard. I thought like I was going to pass out in the movie theater. I was laughing so hard. I, I could, I died. I died. And he goes ahead and checks that once it's all over. Yeah. Oh my God. I thought that whole, that whole thing, that whole, I mean, the movie starts with, uh, I mean, with, and I, I felt like Billy, and I know, Rebecca, you don't agree, but I felt like the the child actor that played Billy and Zachary Levi were pretty seamless. And I like at the beginning of the movie where we get like Billy breaking into that pawn shop just so he can get the cops there, just so he can lock them in the pawn shop, just so he can check their computer to find out where another Batson is living and just right. his snarky remarks and stuff like that. That's Billy. It's all Billy. And I mean – I, 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 throughout this movie, I felt like any time I saw Zachary Levi, at like you know Ash Shazam, talking as the older Billy Batson to Freddie Freeman, it felt seamless. Like I was watching the two child actors have a conversation with one another. It just felt seamless to me mm-hmm. as I was watching this movie. I, I know they were both funny and sarcastic, but. Other than that, I don't know. I just I, I felt like it really worked for me. I don't know. No, I, I mm-hmm. agree. I agree. I, I never thought of it as you know Zachary Levi. I always thought of it as Billy the character. Yeah. I mean, I thought a, a powerful moment was him like trying to prove that he was who he, you know who he said he was when trying to show him the bullet for the first time is an example. Yeah. yeah. I think of him as Billy right there, showing him that yes, he did indeed steal that bullet from him. Right. Yeah. Oh my God! What was that? Uh, the part. It's just some of the like for me like what works too is this like the way he's what he's doing with his newfound powers yeah it's so childlike uh-huh. like, and the whole convenience store scene was just yeah. fucking hysterical that and then oh, I, oh go ahead i like when he's like oh i'm i i have bullet immunity and he's like Oh, we don't know if it's the suit or, or your skin. Shoot him in the face. Shoot him oh, in the yeah, face. Shoot me in the face. <laughs> what I was like thinking to myself is like, oh my god, what if they just shoot Freddy or like one of these bullets like ricochets off of his face and like hits <laughs> Freddy or the girl at the counter? Like you know, I had that thought too actually because Freddy is like standing right next to him. Yeah, that one shot where the bullets are hitting and Freddy's like right there. I'm like, yeah, man, they. Just reckless abandon. He does not give a shit. Exactly. Oh, it was, uh, it was fun, though. It was, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Dad, when I saw it, there were a ton of kids in yeah. my audience. Yeah. And and they were eating it up. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. There's a lot of kids in my audience today, and they were just cracking up throughout this entire movie. I thought, like, one of the funniest parts in it was when, was when both times when he goes into the strip club was it were hilarious oh my oh god oh yeah i that was i thought it was hilarious when um when dude exploded out of the strip club that it was like a giant purple smoke glitter explosion oh god um well i mean when freddy comes out and he's got like the glitter all over his face yeah I was just thinking, like, did they motorboat that kid? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Well, what was funny about that scene, Jake, though, is like when they open up the door, what song is playing? Warrant's Cherry Pie? Like, that's like any – there's a 90% chance – that if you walk into any strip club right now, that Warren a fifty percent chance that Warren's cherry pie is going to be playing. There is a fifty percent chance that if you time travel like a thousand years into the future, into like the year three thousand nineteen, and you walk into a strip club, that they will be playing Warren's <laughs> cherry pie. Like that is yeah. the strip club song, dude. It's definitely a strip club anthem. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I thought that. I thought that that whole moment was really funny they, they did such a good job of thinking of good ways to play on the big formula of the the child and the adult body and all the different kinds of funny situations that they can get into with that it, it was very well thought out yeah um it'll be interesting to see in a sequel how they can kind of um you can only kind of do those jokes once right so like it, it'll be interesting to see how they can keep up the charm in a shazam too yeah i yeah i i mean i i want to talk about maybe Shazam 2 and like what we're going to get in that movie but we know that yeah, I didn't mean to jump the gun on that but I didn't no, think you're about not, it not at all stuff, all these things were so hilarious I'm like oh, you can't repeat this though yeah you really can't because he's I mean and and like the kid is going to get older you know so by the time we get to the next movie some time has passed right so yeah I had a question about that I'm not too lord in shazam like i know a lot of the bare bones basics and yeah. I, i've read a couple comics in here as billy grows older is the shazam avatar always the same in the same age as far as i know yes so could billy eventually be potentially older than the avatar oh, like could he be 80 years old and, and the shazam avatar is still the same have they ever gotten that far in the books like i don't know that's a good question yeah i was just very curious about that yeah, I'm, honestly, Jake, it's it's hard to say because, like, in the comics, like, they, I don't know if they've even gotten that far with the character. You got to understand, okay, so basically, Shazam comes out after Superman in the comic books, and then in the '40s, DC ends up suing Fawcett Comics of for like 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 likeness rights. And so they're like in a lawsuit for like over 10 years. And then finally Fawcett settles with DC and like loses like $400,000 and promises never to um, publish the character again. So that's, that's what happened. Did you notice that the, um, the school was Fawcett Central? No, I didn't. Yeah, which is it's it's a nod to Fawcett Comics, which was like the original publisher for the Captain Marvel. So what happens is, so what happens is, um, Fawcett basically goes out of business, and then Stan Lee and Marvel Comics realize that you know they're Marvel and nobody's got the owns the trademark for Captain Marvel. So then they buy the trademark. They buy the proper, the name at that time and they start using it. And then, um, DC then eventually buys the licensing for all the properties of Fawcett comics. 
but they can't now they can't now they now dc ah. now that dc's bought it and they can use these characters they can't call him captain marvel so they really don't know what to do with the character or what to call him so uh finally they, they just give in and, and call him shazam which is, which is what he is now which was kind of like the funny joke throughout this movie is like they never called him and he didn't really have a name right right so, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, they they kept trying to come up with a name for him. What did they uh like the, the red cyclone? I think they kept calling him at one point, and then it Captain was Sparkle Captain Sparkle Fingers. Sparkle Fingers, Fingers. Which was quite, which was quite yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah. in America, Thundercracker oh, yeah. or Thundercrack. Thundercrack. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, it, absolutely. They, you know, I I I kind of wondered if they would make a little joke and like. Maybe Freddie would start to say, maybe we should call you like something like Captain and then like start to say Marvel. And then, you know, they would like lean into that and be like, no, 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 I, I don't know. We, I don't like that name at all or, mm-hmm. or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I thought like the search for a name was quite funny. I thought, uh, you know, they could never quite settle on a name. Um, although like just just speaking about the name Shazam, the part where all the kids get the get the Shazam powers. When he he tells them, you know, put put your hands on the staff and and uh, say my name, and they all say Billy. Yeah, I, my theater <laughs> both times I yeah. saw erupted, and I did too. I thought that was hilarious. Mm. And, and of course, you know, nothing yeah. happens. He's like, no, 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 say the name I said to turn into this guy, and then uh, you know, Shazam and all that. But yeah, that was uh, that. That moment in particular, I thought for me was like my biggest laugh of the whole movie. I liked, uh, I liked uh, when uh, Billy was at the Rock of Eternity with the wizard, and the wizard's like, "Put your hands on my staff," and he goes, "Ew." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but what had me the most hysterical was when he was panhandling to the uh, Eye of the Tiger. Man, lightning, in <laughs> lightning in my hands. Lightning from my lightning hands. Lightning in my hands. Yeah, lightning from my hands. <laughs> did um did you guys notice where they were doing like his when they were recording his powers and uploading them to YouTube? Did you notice where that was at? It was the uh, Ace Chemicals factory. Really? Yeah. When they when they show an exterior, you can see the Ace Chemicals sign, like, on top of the building lit up. It's really small, though. Oh, wow. And then it's also on a couple barrels or crates in the background of the warehouse. Nice. Nice catch. I did oh, not see that. super cool. Yeah, I spotted that right away. I was like, oh, there's the Joker reference. <laughs> oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I didn't catch that. that. Cool. I did love uh, when uh, when they found out how to defeat dr savannah how to weaken him like it was a battering that they used to figure that out you know and i thought that that was i don't know it was just as as far as as far removed as this movie feels from like the dc universe because like i know it's set in the same universe but it just doesn't it doesn't feel like what we've gotten it doesn't it doesn't feel like a snyder film um it doesn't in any way did it feel like a snyder film i don't even know if it felt like it took place in the same universe as Aquaman, really, you know? But, like, it is. It's all in the same universe. So it was just kind of neat to see, like, a, a battering show up in this movie and be, like, the thing that they used to figure out how to kill this guy. Mm-hmm. See, it, may, it makes me think of how fucked their casting is right now. <laughs> like, if they ever... they they, yeah. they Like, it's 
because like I, they can't really go back to these people without recasting them. I don't think it, I, I just admit defeat and do what you're doing now. I, I I think what's what's awesome about what they're doing is like just using they're they're kind of going that Marvel route where they're just using these obscure characters like were people did anybody care about Shazam before this like as far as like the general public no like. I mean, I guess you could still hold a torch from the, you know, the, um, the Bostwick and like the, uh, the Michael Gray series from 1974. Like if you were watching it at that time, but like, I mean, it's a 45 year old show, which I thought was pretty amazing when the, when the movie starts, it starts in the year 1974. And that's the same year that the Shazam show came out. I think that that was done. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's an obvious nod. Yeah. So, but I don't know. I think like, I think that, that what they need to do, Steve, is they need to like work on some of these other characters now. Like, yeah. And then, and then later on, after a lot of time has passed, then we can revisit like what we're going to do with Superman and what we're going to do with Batman. I know, I know the Reeves movie's coming out, but it's going to be set in the nineties, I believe is what I'm hearing. And yeah, that's what I heard yeah, too. It's going to be a younger Batman, a detective story, and stuff like that. And you can kind of focus on that Batman. You can do it like a trilogy of those Batman movies if you wanted to, before you had to even get Batman back to the place where it, where we're in the present, and even like sniffing another Justice League movie or something. So, yeah, I, I feel like anything like that ever happening again is way far off. Yeah, I, I just you know like like they're giving Gun this new Suicide Squad movie, and he's picked the most obscure, wacky, uh, bizarre characters to use. And yeah, they're going to be yeah, ha- yes. Well, I mean, and they're going to be household names within the next couple years, right? I mean, like Rocket Raccoon, Groot, Drax, Gamora, Star Lord. I mean, that's proof. So, mm-hmm. it, like, whoever we're going to get in this Suicide Squad movie, these characters will probably be household names within the next couple of years. Kids are going to be wearing the T-shirts. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, I mean, if everything lines up, that's, that's definitely the case. And that's definitely what they want. It's what Warner Brothers needs that they yeah. really want to actually start, you know, pushing this thing out. They can't just always rely on Batman. Dude, I'm t- like, after watching this, I'm like, dude, full steam ahead on a Blue Beetle movie, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be so. Oh, yeah. Full steam ahead, like on that. Let's like uh, let's do booster gold. Let's let's do it all. So, um, oh man, what uh, Steve? What was it about Mark Strong? Like, what, what did you want him to do in this movie? Just going around, just just killing people the whole movie? Like what? No, I I don't know. I I, I really don't know. I I think it was the. It, it it's hard to really pin it down because I do really like him as an actor. It's just yeah, yeah. after a while, it felt like you know the 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 same. Like it 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 felt too close, I guess, to the uh, to the character he played in the Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Sherlock Holmes movies. Okay, and and then there there was just like like the moment where he's kicking Shazam's ass and they're going through the mall and everything and then like he'd beat the fuck out of him and then he'd walk just emotionless and then he'd beat the fuck out of him and walk emo- and I was just like uh what the hell like is like I think I don't it, know for me don't, it, for me it was one of those things where like he's strutting and he's like he's like you're the champion you're the one that he fucking chose 
and he's just going around. I mean, there's a scene where like like Shazam is in the dressing room, that dressing room where he falls in, and Mark Strong's going after him, and like just like a like, and he's a he's a fucking superhero. Shazam's a superhero, and he like kind of cowers, like moves away from him, and it's just you know you don't, yeah. and um, so and then he even mentions like later on in the movie, like you know um, you're you're. You're who the wizard chose. Like, you're not courageous. Like, you've been running away from me this whole time. You know, I think like a lot of it was is coming from a place of like resentment. He's taking his resentment for like the wizard choosing him. You know, and, and resentment of for his father. You know, um, but um, all right, you all right, you're turning me around because like I like I said I do I did like him in the beginning of the sure. movie like the first yeah. half of the movie I did enjoy his character a lot it was yeah. just in the end it's sort of flatlined for me but you kind of reminded me of that like yeah I I you're right I mean I I definitely think I'm probably being a little too harsh on him but yeah you're de- you're you're right on that whole like him bringing it back and being like you're not like why did why were you the one who was picked you know yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that that one event, like, kind of like fucked up his entire life, right? It was supposed to be like, it was supposed to be like this thing where, like, yeah, we brought you here. You know, I, I, the wizard brought you here, gives you this ability. You're a superhero. Instead, it's like taken away from him. He's thrown back into the real world with with the knowledge that he was just there and could have had like this power. And then all of a sudden, like, he causes his family to, like, wreck the car, and now his father's in a, in a wheelchair forever. This one event kind of, like, sets, like, the the course of his, the rest of his life, and, like, who he is, and, like, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was just an interesting character, and the character had interesting motivations and stuff like that. You think that the wizard, like, once he brought people there, would send them back without their memory? Like, that would be the smart yeah. thing to do. It's a real dick move to leave all these, like, kids. Like, God, how much fucking mental therapy has this wizard sent children through? Right, yeah. Did it seem like he was doing it to all kids, though? Like, for that, for like the, the one woman that uh, they interviewed, him and the one doc, it felt like she was an adult doing this because she had it recorded mm-hmm. on her phone. Yeah, I, I don't think everyone who went through it was a kid. I think some were, but when they show that scene of them talking to people who have had, like, the same experience, there are a good number that are adults or seem to be adults. Um, yeah, I, I don't Well, I mean, they've been kids. happening since the 70s, right? I mean, Oh, that's true. That, that's true. That's true. But Maybe it was kids up until the point where he had to find it right away and now and then he was just going yeah, whoever when he sent the yeah, because when he sent the oh, searching uh, when he sent the searching spell like maybe it was just like grabbing everybody but the thing like that that woman that they interview she's recording off of a off a cell phone so if like i'm supposed to believe that she was a child holding a cell phone no, I got you. Yeah, yeah. I, follow, I follow that. Yeah, it's so. obviously not all kids by the end. Right, right. I think you're right, though. I, I think that, like, in the beginning, it was probably looking for, like, the pure of heart, and it was probably looking for children, too. You know, just children, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think once the search got expedited, he, he just kind of threw that wi- you know, that rule out the window, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that when we meet, I think that when Billy is chosen, 
you know, because we, we saw when when like Thaddeus Savannah first went there, he was tested, right? He uh, they the, those seven deadly sins tempted him to take that orb, and he failed the test, and yeah. so he's not worthy, right? So here we have like now he's come back, he frees the seven deadly sins, he's got the orb in his eye. There's so when when Billy is selected, it's like. You're good enough. You have to be good enough because number one, he hasn't been tested because he didn't. He there, there was nothing to test him against, mm. and then you know he gets these powers and then immediately begins using them for not immediately, but uses them for self gain mostly. So it's like how pure of heart is this kid really? But it, it really became he was good enough because. He, the, the wizard was at the end of his life and he had to pass his power on somebody. Yeah, the the movie does rectify that, though, at the end of the movie where he is holding the orb. And it does give that us that moment where it probably sure. is trying to tempt him. But he's like, no way in hell. He's like at the end of the movie, like he's acting like it's going to kind of like take him over. And he's like, whoa, you really thought I was going to do that? Like I was going to let a demon ball enter my face? Gross. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, and so there is that. It kind of does rectify that moment, and I honestly, it's like he's a fourteen-year-old kid, and like this wizard gives him this huge responsibility, and it's like nothing's presenting itself to him. Like he has to destroy like this ultimate evil. He hasn't encountered the seven deadly sins, and he's pretty much been a foster kid or a street kid the most most of the time, and so like he's just doing things to make money and. And uh, stuff like I don't know. I oh god, I had I had a blast with all those scenes. Like some of these scenes, like Jake, you were talking about, like they can't recreate some of these scenes again. And dude, you're absolutely right. You know, it's like how you know you can't recreate some of these scenes, like the strip club scene and like the so. And a lot of this stuff is like just like they, you can only get it into this first movie, right? Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see kind of where the the they mine the comedy from right. moving forward in the future. I mean, I guess that Shazam is always going to be you know a fourteen year old or you know around that age, so you know there will be some opportunities. But just the you know the pure child innocence of being a superhero and taking advantage of that and everything. You how can only they, really do that gimmick once. Well, how are they going to do like the next movie with like um, you know? Um, with the Shazam family, Mary going off to college, are they just going to have it so that Mary goes to college in the city now? I mean, because, like, you would think that the Shazam family is going to be a big part of this franchise going forward and, you know, the sequels to come. So moving forward, they can they don't need to touch the staff anymore. They all have that yes, power inside them. Exactly. And they can release it whenever. I believe so, yes. Yeah, okay. they yeah, yeah. I was unclear of how that worked. In the comics, Rebecca, they don't need the staff. They can just they they're the, they can just turn into the Shazam family. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, what so it's it's exactly like what happened to Billy. Like once he got the transference right. basically he he doesn't need the staff he just says shazam and then he becomes they've, them they've replaced the old wizards like the old there was right the, there was the mm-hmm. old wizards and like they got they were all killed when you know uh when the original champion released the seven deadly sins the seven deadly sins killed those wizards and you had the wizard basically saying like i need you to fill those 
chairs again. You know, there's like I can't I, I can't say verbatim what he said, but that's basically what he, the gist was. And like that kind of clicked. And that's what I loved about this too, um, guys. Is like watching the old Shazam show. You've always got Billy Batson. Like at the beginning of the show, he'll have a talk with the elders, and throughout the episode, he'll remember what the elders told him to kind of like fix mm-hmm. fix the problem that's going on for that particular episode. And that's what happened here in this movie is like we actually like we're watching that scene again, but we're seeing it now from his point of view, from his eyes. Like we're looking at the wizard and we're watching it and we're listening to the wizard say like, you know, you need to fill these chairs again with, you know, blah, 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 blah. And basically talking about, uh, you know, these these seats are empty now and and you need to fill them and that's when he creates the the Shazam family here and that reminded me of the show of like him thinking back to like <laughs> right you know, cuz i know you've watched a couple episodes of that right rebecca i have actually i i kind of just watched the pilot like on a whim yeah. because you had been talking about it yeah and then i was like i kind of like this show and i watched like two mm-hmm. more episodes and yeah. i'm like yeah, I definitely like this show, and I'm so surprised that I do. Um, yeah, it's it's actually really entertaining, and it is it's very sweet. Like it, it's definitely got like um, that Incredible Hulk feel, you know, because when, when he turns into Shazam, obviously he becomes a totally different person, just like in the movie. And him and Mentor are always moving from place to place. Um, you know, I just wanted to go back real quick and just talk a little bit more about uh, Doctor Savannah because I had said that like I felt like. I felt like the stakes weren't quite uh, the stakes weren't really that ho- that high to me in this movie like in the sense of again like that scene where he throws his brother out the window like we as the audience we see that scene right so we know like oh my god this guy's a killer and and you know the the wizard tells Billy that the seven deadly sins will poison every I think he tells Billy that that they'll poison everything that they touch but like after that scene, we we don't. To me, like he just be, not just he became like a real true comic book villain, um, and I'm not saying I hated it. I'm just saying I would have liked to have a little bit higher stakes. I would have liked to see Billy, maybe see what this guy really could do, and then see how he would react. Maybe that would make him be like. I, I would have liked to have seen more of that in the movie is what I'm saying. I think you'll get more of that kind of thing in the second film. I think that kind yes. of thing interferes yeah. with okay. the origin story and all the building and growing of the main character. So so you think that like going forward, like let's say Shazam 2, we're going to see Billy mature even more like – Something like that will happen, and we'll see Billy Shazam mature there's, even more. They're saving well, the that villain dynamic the, yes. with Shazam will will change. There's, sure, they're saving that end of the world kind of like big consequences for when we get Black Adam, right? I mean, that's why right. why waste that on this particular villain? This villain, in order to even cause that level of destruction, had to get the power from Shazam. Like that was this villain's main goal was to get his power. Then he would be able to be kind of like that world threatening mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, bigger stakes is what you're talking about. I, I think like what we're going to get now is this was all supposed to be in the first movie. Originally, um, we were supposed to get it wasn't supposed to be Dr. Savannah. This first movie was going to be Shazam versus Black Adam. Then, of course, 
Dwayne Johnson signs on for it and they're like okay I think we got something bigger here and then they see how these Marvel movies perform when they kind of slow down and pull back and and wait and kind of like milk it a little bit more so they have decided kind of like split this whole thing up into like three movies so we're going to get a this Shazam movies part one the second movie is going to be a standalone Black Adam film I want to talk about what I think that's going to be here in a moment but uh, and then the third movie I believe is going to be the battle between Shazam and Black Adam. Now mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys noticed, but in the end credits of this movie, one of the executive producers on the film was Dwayne Johnson. Yep, I did see that. Ooh, I did not notice that. Okay, so he's he's definitely still involved in this. He's definitely still going to be Black Adam. I think this movie does set up the next movie kind of perfectly as far as this franchise is uh, concerned. I think it'll be a prequel. I think we are going to see like the, the, the elder, the wizards all in their seats. It's going to be, we're going back to the past. They're going to be all, we're going to get to see all of them. We're going to get to see the decision that they make in giving the power of Shazam to, the rock with uh, the Dwayne Johnson's uh, character of black Adam here. So they're going to give it to Adam. And um, I think, I think why he's talking about how you must be pure of heart and all this stuff is because I think when, when the wizards originally gave the power to black Adam, they just gave it to the strongest guy. Look at who they cast here mm-hmm. as black mm-hmm. Adam. Like, the you know sure. Dwayne Johnson just he's just huge he's just a huge guy just a big strong guy and I think like that's what that movie will be about is like they they've they've cast uh, Dwayne Johnson for a reason here and they and they, and they kind of pick him just because he's the strongest guy oh he's the strongest guy he must be the best guy for the job mm-hmm. and yep, there's our champion and that's kind of exactly. where they learn like their morals yeah. and that they're that's not what they're looking right. for. Yeah, I think that's a great point. But I think like throughout this movie, I think like in that first movie, we are going to see him not just like as a bad guy getting these powers initially. We could. I it could be a thing of like we see all the wizards battle too, okay? But I think I'm thinking like that's more of a third act kind of thing. I think like at the beginning he is going to be doing heroic things. He might even have his own villain that he's fighting. And then maybe by the third act or something like that, that's when he releases the seven deadly sins. That's when the seven deadly sins kill the wizards. And that's when we find out that, you know, uh, you know, the, the main wizard, Jaiman Hansu, is kind of like retreated to the uh, Rock of the Eternity. And uh, maybe all yeah. those doors are there. I don't know. To keep. Other, I don't know what those doors are about. I, they, that might even be a comic book thing. I have no fucking clue. What were you going to say? Maybe the Jake? wizards trying to reclaim the power from Black Adam, and that's like that's why he rebels against them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think like that'll be the next movie is like this whole origin story for Black Adam, and then by the time we get to Shazam, actually Shazam two might be this Black Adam story, or it might be like the continuation of what's going on here with Mister Mind and Doctor Savannah. I don't know. Yeah, I, the movie's doing really well financially. So I and I got to imagine that they're probably going to kind of fast track this thing, right? Yeah, I would. I would hope so. I would hope that we would get. I know I would. Not it's not necessarily you, Steve. But uh, I'm <laughs> fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. Um, jump in, Steve. I mean, do you have any like? What do we? Uh, anything? Would you be excited about? The I would Rock? go to a Shazam too. 
I would check it out. What about what I, about what about a Black Adam movie? Like, remember we saw like the you know the wizard gave us like that magical animation that we saw. We saw that guy yes. in the cape, and he basically created the seven deadly sins. The seven deadly sins were unleashed upon the, uh, the world, and they they killed uh, millions of people. And then we find out later in the movie that they actually the seven deadly sins are what helped to kill his uh, the other wizards. Would you care to see that origin story? I mean, of Black Adam. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know if they need to necessarily go through all of it, being that they gave it to us in such a short little snippet. It feel it'd be, it would feel like just stalling to expand upon that. I feel like there's more to it. I feel I, I think we got to watch the journey of how that character gets gets there. Right? I mean, like. I, I think, like, initially he's a good guy. I don't think that they just kind of, like, overlooked some... I think they just didn't realize his heart, there was something in his heart that could turn him the wrong way. And that's kind of, like, like, just what happened. Yeah, it, it could... It, it would make for an interesting drama to have it start off with him as a good guy and it's sort of like the, the, the Anakin Skywalker turning into Darth Vader thing, but on a superhero level. Have we seen since the Scorpion King, have we seen The Rock play a villain in anything else? Could this be like him wanting to like... Doom. Doom? Okay. Fast and the Furious 5. Okay. All right. Fine. Well, I don't know what I'm talking about. You guys are throwing out movies that I haven't watched. Oh, I, I haven't watched Doom in like over 10 years. Yeah, Doom was just a random obscure one that I really that I remember. Wasn't it a reveal that he was the villain? Though no, he really didn't play the villain until you find out he is the villain. That's right? true. Yeah, yeah. He he yeah. like he he gets he gets changed or he gets like you know whatever he gets changed into like a more of a monster and then he kind of just becomes the villain. Doom's kind of a guilty pleasure for me. I kind of like some of that movie. Oh, the first person, like, yeah. shootout at the end yes. was so fucking cool. <laughs> it was cool, man. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like it, too. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah, I... So... I don't know. I, That'll I, be fun, him being a villain. Honestly, yeah. Fast and the Furious 5 is my favorite of those movies because The Rock is the villain in it, and mm. he's so good in that role. Let's see, I think he could be really good here. I think he'll, he'll start off as the hero, and then he'll... He'll flip to the villain by the end of that movie, and then we'll get him full villain by the time he, he's battling Zachary Levi in Shazam 3 or 4 or wherever they want to go with it. So, Yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah. I mean, you definitely got to get a move on, though, right? I mean, these kids are going to get old. I, I, yeah, I, they do the Stranger Things route. This uh, Freddie Freeman's going to be... Um, I don't know. He'll have a full beard by the next movie. You know, <laughs> taller than Zachary Levi. You know, gosh, yeah. It's like we'll have a scene of like uh, the Foster kids, like the shaving their chests and shit. You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. Dara, <laughs> I don't know. Oh my god, Darla is just adorable. She's just so adorable. She's just she the cutest is. little kid. Ah, oh, she's just so cute. Um. I was like, for a second there, I was like, man, I, I'm, if I could have a kid like her, I might, I, I might actually want to have children. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's just that adorable. Um, yeah, I, I, I loved this movie. I did, uh, I did get a kick out of the uh, um, right before the movie ended with uh, Superman joining him for lunch there in the cafeteria, like. I was I was pissed off that that Cavill didn't make time to do this. I think it would have been really cool. To, I, it worked with the head cut off and everything, and we all know. But 
it would have been a bigger acknowledgement yeah. to the existence of the outside DCEU. I'm not buying that he couldn't have got it. I, I'm not buying this whole fucking shit about him not being able to make it because of the Paramount Mission Impossible movie. Like, that was the whole thing. Like, he couldn't make it because he was doing that and he had the mustache and all that stuff. This is a quick little scene. Yeah, for scene. one tiny little scene where we need to see his head. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like how- it would have been great to have him show up with a mustache as Superman. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I don't know. I, I, but I still, I got a kick out of that. And like, just the look on, <laughs> I loved how when uh, Shazam comes in there, he's like, my best friend, Freddy, and everything, and sits down. And <laughs> shuts it's a, so obnoxious. Yeah. It's hilarious. The one joke that I didn't think like really worked that well, or, or it's a scene that didn't really work that well, is like when the bullies, like when they, when, when they threw their truck up into the air or something like what the fuck like i just thought that was such a random weird thing yeah it, well it, it it seemed like a very out of place little revenge thing yeah didn't it yeah like they 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 really didn't they they, they it just happened and then it was done and then they moved on yeah there was there was mm-hmm. nothing like it was a it was a callback to the ding moment earlier right yeah yeah that's what but it was but then, like, it's never talked about or referenced ever again. Right. So it's not like it's not like later on they're like, uh, I'm going to get you because you did something to my truck. It's just like, um, you know, they just keep being like generic high school bullies. And um, yeah, I mean, that makes sense, though. I mean, they manure Biff's car and then you don't ever have to have to see his no, manure no, car for, again. And Biff's that's, still an a-hole. that's not my problem with it. It was just like, first off, the, the, the whole the whole thing was like. The kids pull up, they pull up right in front of the school, and then they get out, and then how did he did he was he Shazam? Did he run out there super speed? Did he just throw the truck up really high in the air? Because like at this point in the movie, he couldn't fly yet. Right. Yeah, they don't really explain how he did it at all. And he has you not even see him. In, in I my, thought the lack of explanation was what made the joke work. I it, this did not work for me at all. This scene stuck out like a sore thumb every time for me. Like watching. Yeah, this I, movie. I liked this moment. I, oh, I, I laughed and I thought it was a fun callback and revenge for the stupid bully ding shit earlier. I just felt like it didn't work because at this point in time, he hasn't mastered his powers at all. We saw kind of like how it was with like even, you know, lightning in my hand, lightning from my hands. And then like him having to rescue those people that he put in that position. Like, did he, he, he wasn't flying at this point. Did he go out there and did he, and then the, did he just throw it up in the air really high and like know that it just went straight up and that it's going to come straight down because he couldn't fly? And then like once that scene ends, it's just like then we get a scene of like him supposedly on lookout while they're going to sneak out of school. Like it just never the like the next scene just didn't make sense to me either. Like now he was on lookout and they're going to sneak out of the school and they've got the, he's got this jacket in his hands and. I was like, it just didn't, mm-hmm. didn't just nothing really kind of like blended really well. It just didn't make sense. Like that scene to me would have been better suited at the end of the movie. Like yeah, now we're going to get, now we're going to get yeah. back at the bullies. Like it's literally in the middle of the movie 
And then we jump to a scene where they're cutting class and he shazams and turns into Zachary Levi, throws on a trench coat, and then they leave the school. Like, it's just just a lot of things going on here that just... <laughs> yeah. I found I found it very weird. One of the things that I found out about this movie was that it kind of came from the uh, Shane Black School of Christmas. Was that yeah, like yeah. did something happen with the release date at some point here? No, I think like at first I kept thinking like his <laughs> and I don't know. I kept thinking like his suit when it first came out looked so much like turbo man from jingle all the way that they were just like fuck it let's make it christmas and lean into this but um, okay no i i don't know why it i think it was just like the whole philadelphia thing and like i did get a kick out of like the cursing santa claus at the end like parents <laughs> parents freaking out as santa's dropping the f-bomb at the Hell end yeah. of that yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, they like just ruined Santa for a lot of kids there, right? They had him being yeah. a coward, they had him swearing. Just that scene then goes into like the family at the table, and I was really upset that they were playing the E Harmony music in that scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't watch commercials. I didn't know that. Oh, it was terrible. Like, did you notice that, Rebecca? Uh, yeah, that I I, did, I forgot that that's also the E Harmony song. Oh. That song is. That that song has come out in so many movies, though. I didn't make that connection right away, to be honest. Oh, I did. Help me out. What song is it? It's it a This Will Be, be an, an Everlasting Love for Me. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then that old guy yeah. comes out, and he's like, yeah, we just fill out the survey. And we'll, yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> 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 hey, do you, know, yeah. do you know that the guy who um, started eHarmony, his wife left him because she met a guy on eHarmony. Oh, that's a... It's <laughs> supposedly a true story. It's, uh, oh, boy, this guy needs some time travel. <laughs> no, I mean, that's like, if he's a business guy, like, what? That's the best fucking ad right there for your business. Like, my service works so well that my own fucking wife left me for a guy she met off the service. Cha-ching! <laughs> <laughs> not, just, not just a guy, her true fucking soulmate. Exactly. Right. <laughs> she paid him to get there. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I think this is. Uh, I'm. I, I think for me, uh, Shazam is my third favorite DCEU film. I think I would go Wonder Woman, then Man of Steel, then Shazam. So. I'm actually right there with you. I that that is my order as well. Oh, it's 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 tough for anything to top Man of Steel for me right now. Yeah, for me it's Shazam, Wonder Woman, and then the other stuff. <laughs> the other stuff. <laughs> I like how you lump it all together in one. The other and the rest. Yeah. <laughs> one thing that I think that they should have done in this movie, Rebecca, is had Michael Gray in there somewhere. You know the Billy. Oh, the Billy, the original Billy Batson. Yeah, the original Billy Batson. Like you know, you see that in a lot of movies where like they they have nods or like they have cameos by. Like, even in Avengers, they let Lou Ferrigno voice the Hulk. I mean... Yeah. You know, that that would have been really, really sweet if they right? had uh, Michael Gray in this movie somewhere. Yeah. That that would have been really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would have... I You know, I, I'm, 
Um, I just finished episode 14. Of, oh, you're like I, way ahead of where I, I am. I love it. I think it is – I think it's a charming, fun show. It's kind of just like uh, the special effects by today's standards are terrible. But like every message has a good lesson. The music, I love it. It's so like 1970s. It's just a blast. So – yeah, I'm probably going to watch all four seasons, and it's going to be hard. Nice. It'll be hard for me, like, when they... Because, like, they switch Captain Marvel actors in the third season. I did read that, that they got a different actor to play yeah. Captain Marvel in the in the last two seasons. So, yeah, yeah I, I you're way ahead of where I am in watching it, but it, it's a lot of fun to yeah. kind of revisit that, that time period. Um I mean, the, the the 70s had some really great, like, that was really where we were getting a lot of the superhero stuff, right? Like the Wonder Woman TV show and the Incredible Hulk and Shazam. And, yeah, it was a good it was a good time for watching superhero stuff on TV. Yeah, now, it's like, uh, and it's, like, this, the version, the 70s version of Shazam is so different from, like, what we are seeing in this movie. It's him and an old man in an RV driving around. <laughs> yeah, the good old Seth. Who's the old man? Mentor. That's his name, Mentor. Oh. Sometimes I get a kick out of Rebecca. You'll see in, in later uh, episodes. Sometimes, uh-huh. sometimes people will call him Mr. Mentor. Mr. Mentor. Oh, please. Please. That was my father was Mr. Mentor. Just call me Mentor. Like, but I mean, like the seventies was like the, the 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 decade where nobody questioned young boys hanging out with older men. Like nobody ever questioned, like, is this okay? No, it's fine. Let him go off with that old guy in an RV as they travel the country. Why the fuck not? No, I mean like, that, it's, it's that hilarious. Carried on into the eighties with Back to the oh. Future. So, well, absolutely, yeah, very true. Yeah, but uh, yeah, hilarious. No, I, I am going to go back and watch more of the Shazam TV show because it is kind of not kind of it is super entertaining. Yeah, it's a, it's a blast. I'm through. I, I can't wait to start episode 15. It'll be it'll be <laughs> nice. ju- it'll it'll be just like the previous 14 episodes, but just like a new location and a new person doing uh, the you know nefarious deeds yep. and, and uh, Captain Marvel. Slightly different moral lesson. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Different uh, corduroy bell bottoms, but it'll be the same Captain Marvel. Right. <laughs> I love it. At the, at the end of each episode, you see. The actor uh, that plays Captain Marvel, he uh, he he like jumps down into the scene, and he says hi, <laughs> and then he today we learned about this, and he talks about the lesson that they learned, and like you know, and, you know Johnny yeah, today we learned Johnny yeah, found out that it's it. not a good idea to jerk off in public, you know, and like. <laughs> And then he'll talk about, like, whatever lesson they learn. Every once in a while, if you watch him, Rebecca, and this is all on DC Universe, people, if you, yeah. if you have the DC Universe app, um, you can see his eyes kind of, like, dart off and read the cue cards. It's pretty hilarious. Nice. I love that kind of stuff. I, really <laughs> I love when you can, like, see, like, I love when you can see the strings. You know, I, I, I love that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, like a boom mic falls down and hits him oh, in the forehead and shit. Best. It's the best ever. Yeah. I love that kind of Stuff, there's know. a there's a couple yeah, episodes this, of uh, like 90210 where you can see like the boom mic in the shot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Family Matters oh, has God, some yeah, episodes so like cheap. Oh, yeah. 
Well, what's great, too, about the Shazam, I mean, much like the Incredible Hulk, you know, when he would turn into the Hulk and it would be Lou Ferrigno and he'd bust out of those purple pants all the time. And and then he'd he'd he would just be there to, like, angrily lift a car. Right. Or to throw somebody across a room or, you know, and then that that was it. You know, and the same thing kind of with like the Shazam show, like Captain Marvel shows up to lift something heavy. Oh, yeah. And then, like, to jump up and fly straight as a board, defying <laughs> all the laws of physics, and then just, like, yeah, it, it, it's... No, I've, I've always... I've, <laughs> I've said, like, the like the show's just... It's the same formula, and, like, they're all... The whole story's leading you to this one part where it's just, like, each episode is solved by a feat of strength, by right. the the hero like you know like okay at by the end of this episode a big boulder is going to fall down on timmy and (laughs) now only captain marvel can lift the big boulder oh my god there was an episode there was an episode where uh this boy wouldn't talk he couldn't talk like he had been involved in the he'd been involved in some like traumatic thing that happened to him you find out later and he, he just couldn't talk he wouldn't talk and so, um, and then his dad falls down in like this old mine shaft. And so like the kid, <laughs> as, as they're wont to do, <laughs> well, as often happened in the seventies and eighties. <laughs> and so now it's like this kid that doesn't talk has to run and find Billy and mentor to go help his dad. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is a fucking episode of Lassie now. <laughs> Uncle fucking Uncle Petrie fell down the well, and Lassie's got to go get fucking B- Timmy to. And so I'm just like, or Timmy fell down the well, and Lassie's got to go get Uncle Petrie, and that's exactly what happened here. I was like, this they've just basically taken an episode of Lassie and turned it into the Shazam episode, and made the dog the kid, and then by the <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the Lassie formula was so popular. I mean, they did that all over the place, right? Jeez. Uh, so, yeah, by the like, end. They, flipper. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gentle Ben with the bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, my dad used to watch all that fucking shit. I, uh, I, flipper explaining how someone was in trouble was one of my favorite things ever. <laughs> mm. All right. We've, we're, yeah, so I loved, uh, I loved Shazam, and uh, Jake, you loved it, so. Yeah, good shit. Yeah, I loved it. It was fantastic. I I adore the movie. Um, I guess uh, let's see here. We got we got a little bit of time left here to talk about uh, the CinemaCon footage and then the Joker trailer. Not gonna spend too much time on this stuff because like we really didn't get to hear a lot um, about it. But uh, at CinemaCon, can we can we take a quick break? Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. I, I, sorry, I assumed we would transition. Oh, did the you two. now? I'm doing the fucking Billy Bastion eight-year-old PP dance here. Oh wow! All right, we'll take a break. Take a little break, a little Jake break. <laughs> Listen, group. It's simple. If you want to help the pop culture leftovers, go to the popcultureleftovers.com and do all your shopping from the Amazon link. I am Groot. It doesn't cost you extra, and it helps the leftovers. Got it? I am Groot. Yeah, people can buy hats at Amazon. Are you still hung up on that hats thing? I am Groot. Yeah, okay, I got it. You don't have to buy your hats there. I am Groot. You're impossible. 
For anyone else who doesn't have a strange or borderline psychotic hatred for hats, please head over to popcultureleftovers.com and use the Amazon link already. I am rude. And now you're wearing a hat. I freaking give up. Attention, the following is an important consumer warning. Listening to PCO might be harmful to your health. I'm Yaden Palm. You might know me as Sturdy, but after years of listening to PCO, I might have developed a multiple personality syndrome. At first, I didn't quite buy into it until... <laughs> the cynical laughter of the Joker popped into my head, but things got really weird when my wife found me in the dark closet saying, The power of the darkness. And I will let nothing stand in our way. At which point I jumped up and said to her, Well there, honey, I didn't know you were sitting there watching me. Then it dawned on me, I don't even have a wife. It was Ollie Williams with the Blackie Report. It's gonna rain! Get your umbrella! All in all, the condition isn't that bad, because I have the PCL. Ohana means family. For more of my voices, search me on social media, Y-E-A-D-O-N, Paul Vio. Alright, hey, we are back. Hey, Steve, how you doing? I'm doing good. I feel I'm doing like good. I feel like uh, Beetlejuice had more lines in that film than you've had. <laughs> Whoa, deep cut. <laughs> yeah, come on. I've been talking a little more than that. <laughs> you gotta just jump in here. Just jump in. All right, let's talk about. We'll talk about the uh, CinemaCon footage that was uh, shown uh, for uh, Birds of Prey, and this comes from uh, Deadline. Deadline says shown with some behind-the-scenes footage of Birds of Prey. With cast members Margot Robbie, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Journey Smollett-Bell, Rosie Perez, and director Kathy Yan noting, quote, This is not Batman's Gotham. Our Gotham is so much scrappier. Uh, goes on to say here, uh, Birds of Prey opens February 7th of 2020. Uh, they say that there was a glimpse of Ewan McGregor's Black Mask uh, practicing weapons. And uh, they're going to stick with this title, Birds of Prey, and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. That uh, just rolls off the old tongue there. Um, (laughs) Heroic Hollywood had a description about it as well, and it says, uh, Birds of Prey is coming. Um, Quote, I love long titles, Margot Robbie says in the video. I guess this was just like a video of Margot Robbie. I guess she couldn't be there, so... um, She's just talking about uh, the upcoming film, and she says it's a girl gang. And uh, Robbie says that Harley is not actually, not initially part of the Birds of Prey. So the logo flashes across the screen. Uh, promotional footage sees the characters in place. Behind-the-scenes footage sees them filming in an explosive setting. Harley hangs onto a car while rollerblading behind it. Black Mass takes aim with a gun. The group of five women walks towards the camera, similar to how Guardians of the Galaxy did in their first trailer. So apparently uh, Harley teams up with the Birds of Prey, which are described as urban warriors. They form an alliance in the film. I heard that there was a scene of Black Mask taking aim with a gun. And then, what was it? Uh, Rosie Perez, who plays Renee Montoya in the film, said, uh, we are not pulling any punches whatsoever. So with that quote, a lot of people, I don't know. I guess a lot of people might be reading into this. that This could earn an R rating. I don't know. We'll find out. But uh, not I can see they, why people would jump to that conclusion. They didn't. 
from what I hear, they didn't show a lot. It wasn't a lot of footage. I don't know if you guys heard any differently, but I, I heard it was just, it really wasn't a lot at all. Um, so I know that there's a uh, kind of like a circus carnival set that they that they, they were, that they were on, but they did. I don't believe that they showed any of that in this footage. So I don't know. I I mean, are you guys excited for this? I I mean, I I I'm, I love the cast. I loved um, uh, Journey Smollett Bell on uh, Friday Night Lights, the TV show. She came in in like the third or fourth season, and I love Elizabeth Winstead. Um, Margot Robbie still has to prove to me that she's a she's a good Harley Quinn. I didn't really care for her in Suicide Squad. Um, I mean, as far as like you know, when you watch like movies like uh, you know, you think of Tony Stark, you know, like Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark, and like the characters we see in Guardians, like they're so quotable. They're so quotable. I, I, I'm not going. I don't I'm not I'm not hearing people in quoting Harley Quinn quotes from Suicide Squad. I'm sorry. <laughs> Unless wearing the T-shirt is a quote, then <laughs> yeah, cosplay is not a quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like cosplay has become nauseating. I, I like Margot Robbie. It has nothing to do with like, oh, I don't think she can or can't do it. I just don't. I just there was nothing in that Suicide Squad movie for me that has me sold on her as that character yet. I feel like she has to like this next move for me. She has to do it what what Ryan Deadpool uh, Ryan Reynolds did with Deadpool not that drastic like his <laughs> in a way she has to do this for me because like I wasn't a hundred percent sold on her as Harley Quinn I'm not saying it, it's I'm not saying it's as bad as Ryan Reynolds was in uh, that Wolverine origin movie where like he gets his mouth sewn up shut and he looks like Mortal Kombat Baraka sorry my cat guys. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those things where I think, do, do, do you see what I'm saying, Jake? Like she still has to prove herself uh, yeah. in that role for me. I completely see what you're saying. Like, and I, I think it's possible. I mean, obviously it's going to be a different creative direction than the suicide squad movie. Yeah. So I think there is a good chance you, you may not get the interpretation you want, but I think you are going to get a different interpretation. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I um, I I also was not a fan of Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn uh, in Suicide Squad. Um, I mean, her production company is doing this movie, so or has a lot is involved in this movie. So, um, you know, I, obviously, I see, and, and two, her character was popular enough that certainly even today. You know, you see cosplay of her, uh, of that character at a lot of cons and stuff. So um, I would like to see a different version or a better version of Harley Quinn in this movie. I, I, I don't know. Like they, they, they released like this, this like footage at CinemaCon and they released some pictures earlier on. I'm just, I'm not like, I'm not over the moon about this movie. I'm not like, oh my God, give it to me now. I, I. I, I want to see a trailer for sure. Um, I just haven't seen anything yet beyond the announcing the cast to get me like excited for this movie. I think the cast is really interesting and I, I like the people that are in it, but I, I'm not sold that this could be a good movie yet. Um, but of course it's like early on and whatever, but yeah, I, I would like to see a trailer though, like and see some real, real footage of, of what they've got doing. 
All right, there's somebody what doing, was that? Somebody doing some salsa dancing? What the fuck is going on now? <laughs> I don't know. That my 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 windows are open. Sorry. I didn't know if like Jesus Christ. Don that was hilarious. I didn't know if my Don Flamenco from Mike Tyson's Punch Out was making an no, appearance my, on the podcast. My windows are open and it's midnight. Somebody's awake besides me making music. I don't know what they're doing over here. I was getting pissed. I was like, Rebecca gets musical cues now? What the fuck? No. no. <laughs> <Jesus>. Sorry. I, <laughs> see, I don't know if they're going to travel too far away from the, the Harley Quinn that we've seen with her already. Because, like, in those those promo photos of, like, them at the party, like, she's got the martini in her hand. And she's got, like, the, the pom-pom sleeves on and not really wearing much else in terms of a top. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't look like they're traveling too far away from it. Um, the the set photos, though, that they released of like what seems to be her and the Joker breaking up. Um, I know you had mentioned that that wasn't uh, wasn't Jared Leto, but uh, screen screen rant. Yeah, screen rant it reports that it was uh, that WB is confirming that. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is going to cameo in it. Yeah, I've, I, I've read that. I've read other sites saying that it's not Joaquin, so I don't know. I mean, really? It, it, so Warner <laughs> Brothers came out with an official statement that it was Joaquin Phoenix? Is, that would be that's no, interesting based uh, no. on the fact that he said he was only going to do that once. But is that what you're saying that Screen Rant is reporting? Yes, I'm, I got the article up right now. It was It was, well... Okay, the article is an April first article, so never mind. I just checked the date on it. All right, Steve. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna go fuck myself. Yeah, now. I'll be. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, fuck. Uh, this is a bad. God. Yeah, you know, Steve was delete that shit. <laughs> no, it's staying. It. Steve was a bad decision, right, Jake? Yeah, I. You told Steve <laughs> to talk more. Let's go back to old Steve. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably, no, honestly, it's one of the best moments on the podcast. <laughs> you know, that fucked me up at work, too. I fell for an article at work. I was like, dude, you guys. And I read something about a car, and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. And then I, I was like, oh, shit, it's the first. Every year I, on the PCL Facebook page, like the day before, I try to remind people that it's <laughs> – Tomorrow's April 1st. A lot of these articles are going to be fake. I saw your reminder, yeah. and I still forgot because I'm so goddamn gullible. Uh. Yeah, I was getting nailed on the 4th with that shit. I, I don't see some joke until that day, and then I don't think about it being April Fool's Day anymore, and then it's like, oh, my God. It's like, oh, shit, this was posted on fucking the 1st. I think Didn't you send me an article? Like This is like a year or two ago, Jake. Didn't you send me an article from an April Fool's thing that was like, dated from like a year or two before once yeah dude it's no joke I... <laughs> oh god so i'm not the only one here who falls for it happens <laughs> I, every once in a while it'll happen yeah so i've i've done it before i think i feel like I it, it was every year i think it was judge dread news yeah for, that sounds right that sounds right <laughs> it sounds right yeah yeah so yeah i'm uh i i What's weird about, like, okay, this Birds of Prey thing is, like, do they feel like they just can't have a Birds of Prey movie? Are they not confident enough to just have a Birds of Prey movie that they got to throw Margot Robbie in here as Harley Quinn? 
Like, it feels like, to me, it's the Batman thing all over again. Like, Suicide Squad. I 100% agree. Right? Uh, I agree, too. I don't think they think Birds of Prey is strong enough to stand on its own two feet. Why can't That's you why just, they put Margot Robbie in it. Yeah, why can't you just have a Birds of Prey movie? And maybe it'll make sense when we watch this movie. Maybe I'm pissing and moaning about something that's really not going to be a big, a big of a problem. But, like, why can't we just have a uh, Birds of Prey movie first establish these characters and then once you've done that, then mix these worlds. Like, then we can have, like, the Birds of Prey show up with... Uh, Margot Robbie once she's given us a movie that we can all be excited about. I I don't know, man. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You, yeah. you or show her at the very end of the movie so you can actually feel some excitement of seeing these new characters blended with yeah. the, the old characters right at the very end. Think of the future scenarios that could happen now. I have a feeling at the end of the day that uh, by the time this is all said and done, that... The Margot, the the Harley Quinn character that we're all going to love is Kaylee Cuoco's animated version in DC Universe, and we're not going to care for this Margot Robbie version. I, I have that feeling, like at the end of the day, that's going to be the one that people are raving about. Is the girl from The Big Bang Theory that plays Penny mm-hmm. doing the animated stuff, as opposed to the live action version that they really want to sell? So, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I. I'd co-sign that. I mean, it's definitely more faithful to what the comic fans are used to. We got Wonder Woman 84 uh, footage that was released here at CinemaCon. And uh, let's see here. Deadline says Wonder Woman 1984 star Gal Gadot and director Patty Jenkins also turned up in a quick look at the upcoming sequel, which has a story, quote, we are very excited about. Diana is now at her full powers, Jenkins said. Uh, Godot over images of her princess, uh, Prince Diana Prince lassoing bad guys in a mall and running down the street with gold bracelets flashing added, it makes me want to work harder to do something even more special. We also got a glimpse of Kristen Wiig's Minerva, who becomes Diana's nemesis Cheetah, and then Heroic Hollywood talked about uh, the footage that they saw. I've got there's and I got one from Slash Phone, but Heroic Hollywood says the first footage for Wonder Woman 1984 was revealed while the film was still shooting at last year's San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, the footage revealed a chase sequence in an 80s mall. That was all before the film was pushed back to summer 2020 release date. Promotion for the upcoming sequel has been quiet. Warner Brothers debuted new footage. Uh, Wonder Woman jumps across a street. Diana walks in front of the Washington Monument, cuddling with Steve Trevor. She whips her lasso in a mall. Her colleagues become her nemesis in the form of Cheetah. It ends with a shot of her jetting down a street at super speed. Um, Slash Film talks about it. And they say Wonder Woman 1984 is meant to be its own standalone movie, not a sequel, even though Steve Trevor is inexplicably somehow back for this movie. And a shot shows Steve and Diana walking in front of the Washington Monument. Um, trying to see if they say anything differently than anything that else that I've read. No, they basically say that uh, they talk about the way it looks. They say, as we've discussed before, an aesthetic of this movie is unlike the more muted colors of the original Wonder Woman. The influence of Zack Snyder's usual visual style has been abandoned for a more vibrant color palette. 
one worthy of the 1980s. I think that's what they're doing here. I feel, I feel like the first one was fitting for the palette of World War One, And, like, here they're going brighter, 1980s. I think that just makes sense. So that's basically, I mean, they didn't show a lot there. It's kind of like a romantic walk with her and Steve Trevor and a little bit of action of her using the lasso in a mall. And uh, I guess the, mm-hmm. the, the brighter look of this movie. Any reactions to, like, what Cheetah was looking like? Uh, did not get to see Cheetah, only Minerva. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So she's not, they didn't reveal, like, uh, what Kristen Wiig will look like after the transformation. So, and finally, any any thoughts about Wonder Woman or just, like, excitement? I'm just excited and ready for a trailer. Oh, I am so ready for a trailer for this movie. You know, I obviously I still have questions and doubts about Steve Trevor coming back. But, you know, I just, I, I don't know. Patty Jenkins, I will put my trust in her. She gave me an amazing first movie. I'm going to trust her to give me an amazing sequel. So, yeah, I'm excited for a trailer. I really want to see one. Sometimes heroes need to learn lessons. I mean, she's not, mm-hmm. you know, nobody, no, nobody's infallible, right? So I feel like she might be making a wrong choice here and bringing Steve back. You know, however it's done through magic or whatever way. And she learns a lesson. And it's one of those things that she'll she'll always remember. I mean, it's, right. it's just, you know, Steve Trevor is a part of the comic book history. Just like, you know, just how integral Lois is to, to Clark. Like, it's the right. same thing with Steve Trevor and Diana. So, I mean, yeah. I, I part of me thinks that Patty Jenkins just really enjoys working with Chris Pine and found a way to get him in this movie. So, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I'm trying to be optimistic, but sure. Yeah. And I know you and I have talked about it before, like about, you know, Diana making decisions just, you know, for, for a boy and, and, you know, not, uh, not for any other reason than that. But yeah, I mean, the more, the more I think about it, I I don't think that that's going to happen. But yeah, I am absolutely 100% ready to see a trailer for this movie. I am very excited for this, for this sequel. Think about it in this way. Okay. So the first movie, I feel like that first movie was about Diana's love and her love for humanity and like her embracing humanity. Cause like, and Steve was like, kind of like the reason that, she had hope in humanity. Right. Well, I mean, that same love that saved us that time could be like her weakness in this movie. So, sure. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, I think it's an interesting way to look at it if it does happen that way. And I, I think, you know, right. she'd learn a lesson from it. And she's, I mean, no, no superhero is infallible. They've all had moments of weakness. So, oh, for sure. Absolutely. Final trailer. Well, this isn't. This is actually finally a trailer that we can talk about. Is the Joker trailer that came out? Uh, this is the uh, new Todd Phillips film starring Joaquin Phoenix. It has an incredible ensemble cast: Zazie Beetz, uh, Brian Tyree Henry's in this movie, uh, Robert De Niro, Mark Maron. Um, probably leaving out quite a few names, but um, of course, stars Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. I just want to jump into everybody's thoughts. Steve, I'm going to start off with you. What did you think about this Joker trailer? Um, I was I was blown away by it. I, I really um, wasn't sure what to really expect. And in terms of everything that I got from it, um, I mean, from seeing this guy, you know, struggling with society, struggling 
with his uh, well i'm assuming there's a struggle with his relationship i'm also assuming that he's kind of a mama's boy and maybe she's not so nice to him and like there's all this kind of things that build up to him you know turning into the joker and even though this is a movie that i don't think any of us really wanted i think we're gonna get something really crazy from it and if even if the movie's not good i think we're still gonna get a really really good performance out of joaquin phoenix um but i mean i tupperware this teaser trailer i absolutely loved it i thought the cinematography was great um i thought the the little hints that they provided towards the story throughout were great and um yeah, I just I, I I really can't wait to see where it goes. Um, especially just hearing the hearing the laugh, hearing seeing you know the sort of twisted story that he's going to be going through. I just think that a lot of it's just going to really go south for him. And then I on top of that, the uh, the ending of the trailer nods towards a very very iconic uh, Dark Knight Returns sequence that I would think would be one of the probably like craziest things we ever see out of a DC movie on screen out of a live action. Anyway, Rebecca, what did you think? I am quite surprised at how much I liked this trailer. I was not, I don't doubt Joaquin Phoenix's ability to act for sure. I enjoy a lot of his performances. Um, I was also, but I was also in the camp of, I don't, want or need a Joker origin story movie. Um, But watching the trailer, um, I do like that it's a period piece. I I always enjoy that, that kind of stuff. I think, I think I'm going to, I think this movie, I'll enjoy it if I can watch it the same way, like watching Venom with taking like the superhero aspect out of it and just watch it for what it, for for what it was, and not think about it as connected to Spider-Man in any way. Did you just um, compare Venom and this Joker movie in any way? Oh my no, god! No, what I'm what I'm saying <laughs> oh, is, I just it's like the, hearing that in the same sentence. It's like, I know, I know. No, what, what I'm saying is this: I, I I think you said it in your review of Venom that if you take like the superhero or or the comic book aspect out of it. Mm-hmm then it's like a really, really good science fiction movie. And and that's how I watched Venom. And I said, oh, okay, cool. I, yeah, I'm yeah, enjoying yeah. this more than I thought I would. And that's how I kind of w- watched this trailer was I took the comic book aspect out of it. And I said, okay, if I'm just going to watch this movie without the comic book aspect in my head, this, is, could, this could be a really great movie about watching one man descend into madness. So – uh, I'm going to taste this trailer. I think it's. I think it's interesting. I don't. The movie could be shit when it comes out. I don't know, but this trailer looks pretty good. All right, uh, Jake, what'd you think? Yeah, I'm kind of right there with Rebecca. I, it's a taste it for me. It, it looks interesting, um, but yeah, I, I just don't. I don't know. I'm still very uncertain that I need to feel sympathy for the Joker character. I'm just very weirded out by this. I, I, I can't help but have that wait and see attitude. I'm, I'm definitely going to see it, you know, opening night, opening week, but man, I, I just don't know. And this, this trailer didn't change my mind or convince me that I needed this movie. So I can't Tupperware it, but it definitely looks like a good quality movie. So yeah, I, very weird. I, uh, 
I watched this. I had to watch this a few times because I've been against like a Joker origin story, and it has. It just has to do with like the origin of the Joker is my biggest problem, and um, it's not because this movie isn't gonna feature Batman. It's not like I don't think like we can get a Joker story without Batman. I think you. I think that's a, an interesting story to tell. It's just the fact that we're getting into like why is this character the way the character is is my biggest problem with this movie initially going into it um after watching the trailer like rebecca the way you're looking at it is a good way to kind of look at it i mean i guess i'm taking it another step if you were going to connect it to dc if you is just saying it's an elsewhere mm-hmm. elsewhere ugh, excuse me an elseworlds story and just going right. with that route i mean um, and that's how I'm looking at this as like, this is an Elseworlds story. And if I look at it from that, through that lens and <sighs> it looks incredible when I look at it through that lens, I'm not going to even fucking lie and try to act like it doesn't look like it's incredible. This movie looks like it can be not only just an amazing performance coming from Joaquin Phoenix, but like just his character is just so fucking scary in the limited time that we get to spend with him that you every scene that we see him in we don't know what he's going to do like that's the scariest thing about this is like you get this scene of like him and his mother in the bath his mother in the bathtub and him washing her and like pouring water and it's like okay is he going to like mo- like he's laughing here is he going to be drowning her the next moment like you i mean the scene of him dancing and everything like that you know like we every every scene with him it feels like something creepy could follow and mm-hmm. like really scary like in in his descent into madness that you talked about, like we see shots of him, like with his back hunched over and it looks like, like he hasn't eaten. And I don't know there's like, did you notice that with like his bones popping out of his spine in the back? Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're just like elements of the body horror there. Um, and then, uh, I, you know, De Niro's in this movie, and of course, Mark Maron's in this movie, and that'll be interesting to see. Um, I feel like the fact that it's set in the 80s is is going to say a lot about this, and, you know, I think it'll jump into, like, the, you know, how, how, you know, how, how New York City was back in the 80s and everything before it got cleaned up. I don't know. Um, this is... Uh, I, I I don't know. I'm there. I'm there to watch this movie. I'm real. I'm, I am worried about it though. But if it's just like a one and done Elseworld story, then I'm down to watch this. And it does. It just looks crazy. And it just looks like a, it does look like a spiral into into madness here. And I don't know. I can't wait to see it. There's just. I mean, if you break down that trailer, it's just. I feel like for as much of the footage that we kind of saw come out of this that were leaked footage, like I still have no idea where this movie's going to go. Mm-hmm. Like you can say like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and we made the joke. I've heard the joke. We've seen so much of this footage. We can put it. Th- I you can show me all the footage that you want to. I still have no idea where this movie's going to go. 
Like, you know what I mean? By, by the end mm-hmm. of this. Yeah, they don't show you, like, any, like, super pertinent stuff that's really well, giving away any, any like... I'm not talking. I'm not even talking about this trailer, Jake. I'm, before this trailer even came out, there was leaked footage coming out every week. That stuff on the subway, like we've seen. I've I'd seen that most of this stuff before, like this trailer even came out. There's a scene of him, like you know, getting off of the subway, and there's people fighting behind him as he throws his mask away in a trash can. Like we've seen that. I've seen that clip. A hundred fucking times. And so a lot of this movie has leaked on clip, like just like leaked footage before this trailer even came out. And even after the leaked footage and what we saw here, I still have no idea what's going on. Like that dancing scene of him dancing and stuff like that. I, I, I had already seen that. So I still don't know where this movie's going to hundred percent take us, but, um, God damn it. If it wasn't, uh, I didn't like it the first time I watched it, and then the more I kept watching it, the more I kept noticing little things where I think this movie is just going to be scary as all shit. Yeah, I, I, it could be very good. I think this movie definitely has the potential to be a fucking Tupperware movie. I just, I came out of that trailer just being confused. I just don't know. Like I, like the part, isn't it a part like where he's like dancing with the flowers and stuff like that? I'm just like. Or was that was that something I saw another clip I saw online and I'm just thinking to myself like you know like, I think like Zazie Beetz character you doing all right there Rebecca yeah no no sorry I was I took a breath to say something and then oh, you, go ahead. you no. were no. I didn't want to interrupt you <laughs> you kept talking you said it was like a sigh like when is this guy no, gonna no, no, fucking I, shut I, up no 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 um, I think I think I know the scene you're talking about I think that was leaked footage I'm okay fairly certain it was leaked footage. Um, yeah, I, I I also don't know like where they're going to go with this movie, but I think that they are showing us the potential for it to be like absolutely terrifying and like like the scene where he's on the subway and he like just starts laughing to himself, like like knee slapping, belly laughing, like that that is when in real life here in New York you see that happen and you move to the next car because that guy's about to do something batshit crazy, Mm. right? So you don't want to be on the car with him. But yeah, like I think the potential is there to do something like really, really terrifying. And and the body horror stuff, I think, really lends obviously itself to that. Um, Did you say what you rated this this trailer, Brian? Yeah, it's a Tupperware for me. Nice. It's a Tupperware. I don't know if I said it or not, but like it's a Tupperware for me. I do think like this movie is going to have a lot like when it does come out, there is going to be a huge stink about how it portrays mental illness. I can promise you that right now that there's going to be. A, yeah, yeah, there a, always is. In I know any kind of movie like this. So, there's going to be yeah. like when what was it? Split came out. There was a big, you know, about the how it portrayed that uh, this identity disorder that dis, what was that called mm-hmm. that did did yeah dissociative mm-hmm. dis, uh, identity disorder however it's pronounced and i i think this will be another thing where once this comes out this will be another movie where people will come out and say you know like i didn't like this and this and this about it when it how it portrays mental illness but so get ready for that um but on the flip side i just i don't know i think this will be just an incredible character study and just to watch, I think, like, Joaquin Phoenix is just going to go nuts in this role. And, like, 
not nuts as in mental illness. I meant nuts as like having fun and like getting into this character. <laughs> See, even I can't get away with saying anything. But um, yeah, I I, th- I think he's just going to get lost in this character. It's going to be it's going to be crazy. It's going to be it's going to be a crazy movie. See, I keep using words like that, and I'm going to get in trouble. Um, but yeah, I give it a Tupperware. I thought it was an incredible trailer. So, did you guys notice Bruce Wayne in the trailer? What? The little boy that he makes smile. Is that that's, is that true? That's be Bruce Wayne. That's that 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 little boy was is listed on IMDb as young Bruce Wayne, mm. and then the don't trust the, IMDb. Don't trust it. it uh, I mean, he's got he's got a he's got a young Bruce Wayne haircut, and then the 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 jacket he's wearing is, is that very like, can you go to nice. a can you go to a barber and flip through like the book and get and <laughs> like is there like a young Bruce Wayne haircut that you can choose from? You know, like okay. oh, I'm looking at I'm looking at the cuts here, the Caesar cut. I'm looking at uh, oh here's the young, I'll take the young Bruce Wayne. Do they call it the YBW? I'll take the YBW. <laughs> All right, all right, fair enough, fair enough. No, it's, oh, well, shit, you went a little too high, now I got a Clark Kent, you motherfucker. Well, <laughs> it, okay, so I, I, I feel it was safe to assume that with the, the, the clothing more than the haircut. He's wearing a very, very nice, like, cream-colored tan jacket with, like, a turtleneck collar, and it, the rest, everybody else looks kind of grimy for your whole you know, argument before was resting on this kid's haircut. Now you're moving it over to the clothes wear. This I clothing was following line. up with the clothing. Oh, oh is that right, Steve? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what's go- that was going on. Um, but I mean, um, uh, the uh, the actor rumored to have been cast as Thomas Wayne yeah. is seen on the TV. You're right. I mean, no, I. Yeah, I've heard the rumor. You know, I know we're getting a Thomas Wayne in this one, and I, and I feel like, yeah, I think we will get a, a young Bruce Wayne in this movie. Do we know who Alec Baldwin is playing? We know Robert De Niro is playing like the, the talk show host, correct? Yes, Robert De Niro is going to be a talk show host that uh, is Alec Fleck is not like. Was Alec Baldwin cast in this? I have a feeling like I remember something like him being cast in. This. I thought he was cast and he left. Oh, is yeah, that, then he, okay. like, left the next day. Okay, yeah, I'm, like, remembering old news. I think, like, he showed up the set, and they gave him a young Bruce Wayne haircut, and he, he was like, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, I am not doing this movie with the with the YBW haircut, and he's like, I am out of here, I quit this production. <laughs> Back to the match game I go. My mom was uh my mom was a hairdresser, Steve. So she had all like those books down in the, the yeah. shed. No, I like I remember going in with my mom when I was young. Yeah. She'd be like, pick a haircut out of this book and I are you fucking kidding me? No. Mom, I just want the young Bruce Wayne. <laughs> you, should, you actually pull out a comic book. Yeah. Make it look that right there. It's that right there. Like yeah, the panel right before his mom gets shot and the pearls are all scattered all over the alley. Make it look like that. Well, <laughs> Alec, was actually, Alec was actually cast as Thomas Wayne. Okay, yeah. I remember hearing something about him being cast. That's crazy. He's been replaced by Brett Cohen. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I re- this all, it's all coming back to me now. So... <laughs> I'm looking. Ah, I I can't believe it. I was so against this movie, and now I'm actually kind of like looking forward to it. I'm more than looking forward to it. I really want to see it. I'm definitely intrigued. So, 
Is that it? Are we done? Uh, yeah. Are we? Wrap this up. Yeah, we're I, done. I guess, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Shazam! And then I turn into... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, wouldn't that be fucked up if he did that when he was like having intercourse, having intercourse with a lady? Who could hurt someone that way? Oh my god. First off, he would elect okay. he would electrocute the woman and then she would be staring at the face of a 14-year-old child. And then arrested. That's messed up. Or it had the best orgasm of her life from that lightning bolt though. I don't know if that would like I don't I've never heard of like there's like the stories of like the guys that have been hit by like the lightning bolt like you know like you hear the story about the guy named Rusty out in like uh Wyoming that got he was like a uh I don't know if that's his name or not but he was like a police officer <laughs> and he's standing out in the field and he gets hit by the lightning and uh I've never heard like you know he got hit like by lightning like four or five times you know I mean it's at one at a certain point you just don't go outside anymore right <laughs> He's out there and he gets I've never heard about him telling the story about him getting hit by lightning and then just like jizzing all over the place. Just well, like Well, I mean, but maybe she got I mean, was it a direct dick hit of lightning or like she's getting hit directly in the vagina with lightning. That's where the orgasm's coming from. Do you, I've never I just Oh, okay. All right. Look. Um, look. As the only woman on here, let me just chime in real quick here. Um, no, lightning is not going to cause you an orgasm. I've never been struck by lightning, but I am one hundred percent sure of this fact. One hundred percent sure. Yeah, it's not like uh, you know, women are out there buying Louis the Lightning Bug dildos, right? I mean, no. I mean, we're we talking not. about a fictional thing here. It could be possible. Hey, Jake, you're, Jake, Rebecca, you remember Louie the Lightning Bug? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You gotta stay away from electricity, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Just, oh, my God. Yeah. Can you imagine if you turned it on and it made that sound? Like that? Oh, my God. It's, it's uh, a <laughs> Louie. Was he a, was he a, was he a, was he a lightning bug or a lightning bulb? Louis the lightning bulb, right? And he had wings. Lightning bulb, yeah. It was like yeah. A, it was like a light bulb with wings. Yeah, yeah. Telling you to stay the fuck away from power lines. Stay away from power lines. Get away from them, kids. That's another. You know what? We're giving out free lessons at the end of the podcast, Jake. Stay away from down power lines, people. Yeah, we this is like uh, this is like the end of a Shazam episode, right? It is. Hey, kids. Huh. We had a lot of fun today, but we learned. Yeah. Don't try to get an orgasm by standing next to the power line. Yeah, exactly. Don't throw, don't 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 get in the tub and throw the toaster on your vagina, girls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Always good advice. I endorse lightning bolt orgasms. So. <laughs> oh, Fuck all that vanilla sex. Get it. Yeah. Who cares if she's going to be singed internally? Fuck that. Yeah, you guys ain't woke. <laughs> oh my God. I'm not woke. I want to see. I do. I actually want to see this in the next Shazam movie. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, you hear, like, ACDC screaming, You've been thunderstruck! Oh, my God. Oh, man. As the woman's hair is standing straight up. (laughs) 
and then, and then Louis the lightning bulb like pops out of her butthole for a second and says, "Whoa, what just happened?" <laughs> yeah. I think the only superhero section I can think of is fucking Hancock, and that was pretty crazy. What's that? that movie? Hancock is the only superhero sex scene in a movie I can think of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I was thinking of, like, what other, like, like if she wanted to have an orgy, she could have, like, Electro in there, like the Jamie Foxx Electro. Like, what what other electric? Black, black Lightning. Black Lightning could show up. <laughs> <laughs> Thor? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thor. God of Thunder? God I of mean, Thunder. Yeah. There's always Thunder a... and Lightning. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I this I think this lady's going to be dead by the end of this sexual encounter. Yes, she will be. <laughs> <She's>... <laughs> the body will still be convulsing, but yeah, dead. She looks like that guy that shook Jack Nicholson's hand in the 89 Batman movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just smoking. All singed and smoking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jim Carrey's The Mask comes out there and says, Smoking! smoking. The funnier it gets. Oh my god! See, it was weird at first, but I just kept pushing it. Oh yeah, you know, you just got. It's it's still pretty weird. Uh, No, I I think we've we've broken that boundary between weird and just genuinely funny now. You know, before it's funny too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Good times. All right, guys. We will see you next week with episode 279, where I believe we will be talking about – I'm going to go see Pet Cemetery tomorrow. And yeah, me too, actually. Nice. Uh, and then uh, I plan on seeing Hellboy in the theaters. Did you guys watch that R-rated Super Scissor Reel? No. Mm, no. Go to the Pop Culture Leftovers Facebook page, where I have posted a super – R-rated sizzle reel, which shows a bunch of the R-rated moments in the upcoming Hellboy movie, and it is pretty incredible and awesome. So, yeah. They came out with the, like, you know, like most movies come out with, like, a a trailer, you know, like trailer one, trailer two, or even a red band trailer. Uh, They wanted to show us, like, why this movie is going to be different than the Guillermo del Toro movies. So they came out with what they call a super R-rated sizzle reel for Hellboy. Hmm. Interesting. Better late than never. I think it's pretty brilliant, actually, to do this. Because, like, I am, like, my hype level for this movie is, like, at a 9, where it was, like, maybe at a 7. So... I'm glad they have the red band trailers because I yeah. saw a green band one today before Shazam and I was just like, Ugh, that yeah. would not make me want to see it. I know that because like, I get the end where he says, like, you know, like we should be together. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And, oh. I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm a Capricorn and you're fucking nuts. Like in the green band, they have to cut out the F word, of course. But like it sounds so hilarious in the red band trailer. Mm hmm. 
Yeah, that joke didn't even land in the Green Band trailer. No. Yeah, it no, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't. Me, me and Brianna looked at each other and we were like, uh, and I looked at her, I was like, I promise the Red Band trailer's better. <laughs> well, there's the part where he like takes his gun and he shoots, uh, shoots one of the, like the guys in the head. Yeah, and, and domes a dude, and you get the splatter on the camera. Exactly. In the Red Band trailer, like it, you, sh- you see like the hole in the guy's head, and you get the splatter. It's amazing. So, yeah, I can't wait. All right, we will see you next week. Rebecca, Steve, thank you so much. Steve, where can people find you? Space Cowboy Podcast. We're actually – I'm going to be dropping an episode on Monday. We haven't recorded an episode in like four months, but I was busy with work, and I had to drive four hours a day to get to and from work. So now that I have 20 hours of my life back, we are recording again. Nice. So new episodes coming up out coming out on Monday. We're actually going to be like really breaking down the Joker trailer like so we get super into it. Oh, nice. Yeah, because like, we yeah, that's one of the things that we didn't do in this episode. But, you know, we'll we'll talk about future trailers, I'm sure. So, yeah. So listen to uh, the Space Cowboy podcast. They're going to break down the trailer even more. All right, guys, we will see you next week with episode 279. See ya. Later, y'all.